Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Highmore got into the middle. It's coming out with five seconds to go. And as the Blues push it back in, the time will tick off. That's going to be the end of this one here in Carolina. The Blues have stumbled on some tough offensive times here on a three-game losing streak. Only scored one against Colorado, two against Ottawa, and now held the one in Carolina. And the Carolina Hurricanes skate to a 4-1 win over the Blues tonight. Let's get nasty out of Wednesday. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. That was Chris Kerber. He was the voice of the Blues. He is the voice of the Blues here. <laughs> he didn't sound very excited. On 101 Anthony. ESPN. Well, uh, no, I don't think Kerbs is excited. He's uh, He wants to see a winner. Can I tell you something? Sure. A little bit of a secret. Um, when you're an analyst or a broadcaster on games where the team's not playing very well, it's fun, huh? It's possibly the most miserable thing to have to do. Mm. It's not fun. When they lose, it's not fun. When you go on a losing streak, it's terrible. As you know, we talk about the Blues all the time on the radio, but when you're in the moment, and like I've had a couple of post games this year where it's just not been great, and, uh... You do your best to try and just uh, stay positive as much as you can, but uh, it's difficult. Yeah. Just thought I'd let you in on that. I, no, I appreciate that, Jamie. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. For, for those unaware. Well, you didn't really thank me, but. Well, no, I, I, I appreciate, again, thank you for sharing that, Jamie. Uh, for those that aren't aware, before I started working with uh, the late, great Chris Duncan, a great friend uh, in the turn, I did both post-game and pre-game for a football team we used to have here in St. Louis. Oh, yeah? Called the Rams. And I Never heard if, of them. I don't know if anybody, anybody remembers. Uh, but the Rams were, how do I put this, pure hot garbage. At that point, yeah. The entire time I was doing the post-game. I will say this. Thankfully, I had an opportunity to move to pre-game with Randy Carricker. Because pre-game... There was still at least some sort of faint excitement going into games. Optimism. Absolutely. This could be the week. This could be it. They look great at practice this week. Post-game with Kerry Davis and Michael Young got a little rough. Kind of hard to put lipstick on a pig week in and week out during an entire fall and winter. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, Jamie, I'm well, well aware. Someone's got to always hold the pig, too. Absolutely. They don't really like when you put lipstick oh, on. No, not at all. Or the dress. They're nasty too. They'll start biting people. Was last night a bad game for the Blues? Uh, uh well, you know, it, it listen, Marsh, yeah. it depends on how you look at it. I thought, and I'm just being honest, I thought seven deuce. That's what I thought. 
Or heading into the game. Heading into the game. So I the pregame, if you were on it, wouldn't have been a good one either. Yeah, you'd have been. Again, depends on who you. Miserable been. to listen to. I, it depends on who's listening. Maybe you got some Hurricane fans want to say, hey, let's get the other side of it. And they hear me say seven deuce. They're like, oh, okay, they're happy, right? Yeah. So 4-1. Four, 4-1's one. Four, not bad. Anthony, I'm going to... Especially after they scored with, what was it, uh, seven seconds to, into the game? Well, let, so? me throw a, let me throw a, a number at you. And I don't have the exact number pulled up right now, but we'll just work with, uh, you know, close to it. Craig Berube, uh, or not just Craig Berube, the NHL coaching staffs overall tend to think that 12 or so 13 high scoring chances against you that's a number you want to be below that in okay. a game overall for the entire game you'd like to be below that do you know how many high danger scoring chances the blues had against last night against carolina mm-hmm. yeah i don't have the exact number i have to pull it up or i'll just i, I know it's in between but i uh mm. Six hmm. against them, Anthony. Oh, against them, yeah. 22. You're close, it was somewhere between 25 and 30 Ugh. in the first period. Oh boy, oh boy, in the first that's, period. That's not good. I didn't keep track of it after that. Now, high danger scoring opportunities. Jamie, that's subjective, though, right? No, I mean, no, it really isn't. Oh, okay. If you pull up the, the heat map that they have. Uh, I think you get pretty accurate with it. With it. it it's red is bad. <laughs> blue is good. It means, you know, cold, blue, ice. Yeah. Red, hot, fire. Right. Um, the front of the net for the blues, the mm-hmm. uh, low slot to inner slot area. Look like somebody got murdered. Looks like a stop sign. Bright red. Oh, you cleaned it up yeah that makes sense Mm -hmm. not good you can't win hockey games when you do that all jokes aside you can't win hockey games when you're giving up chances like that now in all fairness that carolina hurricanes team we talked about it yesterday told you they're good they're fast they move the puck fast they support the puck they're active the d pinch almost every single time even on the strong side they pinch why because they're confident that they have a forward back there to back them up that's a really good hockey team uh and you lost it, one. Yeah, it could have been 14 to 1. So for anybody who's listening right now, and maybe uh, maybe a lot of you agree with the fact with what I've said about Jordan Bennington this year. If you're a texter or somebody that has said, you, you're full of it, Jamie. He sucks. He, gives, he gave up four goals last night. You need to write an apology today. Whoa. You do. Because if you go back and you look at this last handful of games overall, Jordan Bennington has kept you relatively respectable. Can you imagine last night without Jordan Bennington? I can. With that many high-danger scoring chances? It'd be bad. Look at Thomas Grice. Poor Thomas Grice. He's been solid for the Blues this year. He they, they put up seven on him in Ottawa. And it's not because he was playing poorly, but the amount of grade-A chances that Ottawa got. Can you imagine what, what happened yesterday? Wait, twenty. I think it was twenty-five or twenty-six high-danger scoring chances in the first period. I mentioned that seven-do score, that prediction. It would have been right? ten. Makes sense. It's not good. It's not good. It, yeah, it's it, it's look, tough. It, it's also it is what it is. We we talked a lot yesterday about. I mean, really, we've talked about the last couple of weeks about the trade deadline and what the Blues are going to do at the trade deadline. Why? Because they needed to be sellers. They had they had several unrestricted free agents that. 
if you weren't going to make the playoffs, and they certainly weren't going to be a Stanley Cup contender this year, but if you weren't even going to make the playoffs, get get compensation for it. Set yourself up for the future. And they've done that. Traded Ryan O'Reilly, traded Nolachari, traded Vladimir Tarasenko, probably very likely to trade Ivan Barbashev. Well, you don't trade these, these pieces and still have the depth in order to be a contender against uh, Carolina Hurricanes team that could make a serious run this year. It, it yeah. is what it is. There's a lot of players last night that were in the lineup that, uh, as I was going through the Blues forward group especially that are, you know, they're fourth liners. That's what they are. They're fourth liners, uh, and on some teams they're probably maybe not on the roster. That's tough when, you, when you've got half of your forward group that is, you know, no disrespect to these guys because they're playing hard. And here's the thing. The guys that you have in your lineup right now, your your so-called fourth liners that are spread out through your whole forward group, they're working their ass off. They are. It's some of your star-ish players that look a little disinterested right now, which I understand it's very difficult to be engaged uh, every game right now when it's tough and you're playing opponents and you're not winning and that but it's your job. It's your job. I played on some crappy teams in my career and I never once showed up to the rink thinking, how can I get out of this game? Mm -hmm. Or how can I be disinterested in this game? Right. Now, in fairness to those guys, I was always battling for a spot. Some of these guys aren't battling for spots. But if they want to be the future of this franchise, if they want to wear that blue note proudly for the rest of their career, they got to pick it up. Mm-hmm. They have to create more offensively. I mean, you're just not putting pucks in the net right now. You're not getting the opportunities. You're not forcing your way into high-danger scoring chances. You need more. And and am I pointing a finger at somebody? Yeah, I am. I'm looking at Cairo and Thomas right now. Those, those are your high-profile guys in your lineup. Well, good news, though. Apparently, Craig Bruby says that there's a, a very good chance that Brandon Saad and Pavel Buchnevich will be back in the lineup. That will help you. Yeah. It will help you tremendously. But in the meantime, there's no other cavalry of players that's coming in to help you. If Doug Armstrong makes a trade and acquires a Timo Meyer, he's going to be a nice accent piece, but he's not going to change the overall play of the entire team. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you're going to have to build from within if you're the player. So you got to do it yourself. You got to go out there and you got to work hard and you got to set the example because what you do now is what's going to translate like to next year and the year after and the year after. If you're a young guy that has a, a big contract and many years left here, you have to start building this team now. Even though it's tough, even though you're losing, this is when it matters. Certainly. And this is when it matters too when you find out what each guy truly is. I mean, what do you find? Any individual in life, you see who they truly are in the face of adversity because they either rise or they crumble. And right now, that's what I want from my Blues players is I want to look at guys that rise. Every friggin' night, just get up off the ground. Pick yourself up off the canvas, and you go and you play your guts out. Even though you know the outcome could be not favorable. That's how you build a franchise. That's how you start this retool or this rebuild or whatever the heck's going on with guys like that. That's Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN 213. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Andrew Marsh here as well. Marshy Marsh behind the, the the control panel. Look at you, Marsh. How you feeling today? You good? Yeah. Is my nose bleeding? No, you're good. Are you sure? Is that what you tried to just ask us? Yeah. No, it's just snot.
Did you just try to? We're on. So we're on air now. You just tried to ask us if your nose was bleeding. Yeah. Well, I can feel it running out of my nose. No, it's, no. it's probably it must just be allergies or, yeah. or I don't something. I don't know. Did you get punched in the face? Maybe. Okay. I saw you give it the taste test. Did you not realize it right away? Well, no, I like wiped my fingers. No, I saw you stick your tongue hand. up into your mustache. Oh, March, look. Usually that'll tell you right away if it's blood or something else. Something else. Go, go take care of yourself, Marsh. Yeah. Okay. Let's go to break. break. Let's, let's give Marsh a break. Okay. Let's do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Cardinals received a B for their off-season grade. What? At the Athletic, Jamie. Disgusted. They're not even trying. Disgusted by this. No, That's not. next on 101 ESPN. <laughs> We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. You've come to the right place. You're in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. The Athletic put together their off-season grades for all 30 teams in Major League Baseball. And some Cardinals fans might be surprised that the Cardinals received a B. And as we know, outside of Wilson Contreras, they only made some smaller moves. Yep. But they did address their number one need. In fact, I think it was their, their most urgent need. And Jamie, when it comes to things that you that, that need to be done... I think a lot of times the the fact that it's got a, the, the most urgent need needs to be handled first. You need to replace Yadier Molina. That was the most urgent need. You needed a catcher, and it couldn't be Andrew Kisner. So whether that was Sean Murphy in Oakland or Danny Jansen in Toronto or who you eventually wound up with with Wilson Contreras, you needed a veteran catcher. I don't think it could have been and, Andrew Kisner. To take to take over that. Well, not only that, would you not think disaster. it could have been John Mozeliak literally told you it wasn't going to be right. <laughs> like perfect, he literally like mapped it out, mm-hmm. and so we didn't know what direction the Cardinals were going to go. And apparently, they kicked the tires on Sean Murphy. The asking price was too rich at that point. I don't know what the Blue Jays were looking for for either of their catchers uh, because they had Kirk there as well, who's yep. a real good uh, catcher, a really good offensive player. He's a decent catcher. Uh, but then you just said, you know what? Why give away assets right now? Why not go get a guy? It's going to cost us some money. Mr. Mm-hmm. DeWitt, it's going to cost us some money, okay? But do, we also get to hang on to these young players and prospects. So kind of twofold on this one. Right, perfect. You may say, though, that they they didn't address other needs. And you'd be right because they still need, a, they still need top-end pitching. But, Jamie, as I was thinking about this, I thought what I would have done or would have rather seen play out throughout the offseason with the premise of it has to be realistic. Mm-hmm. Ver, so, therefore, Verlander and DeGrom aren't realistic. Well, I don't I don't even know if you wanted DeGrom. Based on the injury history, it, it a lot just, of people are questioning that. His last two or three years have been, like, injury-ridden. Like, it's crazy. He, he's, he's, barely, he's barely started, and the Rangers are paying him on off of what he was as a Cy yeah. Young, which... He, don't get me wrong. If he's healthy, yeah, you want him. But anyway, sorry, I. But no, you're steered you off the track. You're right. Sir. Carlos Rodon was somebody we talked a lot about, but he got a lot of money from the Yankees. We have no idea if he'd be willing to come to St. Louis. The other outfielders, I wasn't interested in. The Were they truly an upgrade? No, for the money. For the money, that's the key. Brandon Nimmo at his cost? No, thank you. Michael Conforto would have been what the Giants gave him. 
fly a flyer. Mitch Haniger, somewhat of a flyer. Those two guys were either – Conforto was injured last year. Haniger didn't have a great year. So you're rolling the dice on those guys. Mm-hmm. Would I have signed either of them for this team? Probably not. The shortstop market gets a little more complicated. Well, your only option – oh, no, you had Turner too, didn't you? Turner. Turner and Correa. That would have been 300 mil. Wow. That would have been 300 mil. That's a lot of money, Anthony. Dansby Swanson, I think, was the least attractive option uh-huh. for, for most people out of the shortstop market. Would I have signed one of those shortstops? Probably. But what does $300 million do to your spending moving forward? What does it do now to Brendan Donovan and Tommy Edmond? Somebody's, get, somebody's getting kicked to the outfield. There's a domino effect. But the Cardinals though, right? were never going to spend that money. They weren't. So it doesn't matter. It, we can talk about it till we're blue in the face, and we have. Sure. That that price range of flair is not in the books for right. the Cardinals. Just not. But I'm viewing it as what what would have changed for me this offseason? I don't think much outside of outside of dipping the toe into the shortstop yeah, market. Um, so if I'm going to look at this just like outsider looking in, Two questions come to mind was, uh, no, not two questions. Two things come to mind. One, yes, bam, you nailed it. You got the best catcher available on the free agent market and one of the top five catchers probably in Major League Baseball offensively. Defensively, I think think people, from what I gather, will be surprised that he's better than what we're portraying. Um, But I don't know, to be determined. So from an outsider looking in, I go, you nailed it. You got it. The other part of me, though, that wonders is to get the B on that transaction, yes, that's that's perfectly in line. But do you still get to hang on to a B when that's all you did? I know there, were small, I know there were small signings and little tweaking. Yeah, whatever. That, yeah. None of those are going to affect your overall grade as far as your offseason. So mm-hmm. you got a B based on getting Contreras is essentially what has happened here. Right. It's almost like... I look at it as almost like, you know, grade undetermined because you only did one thing. Sure. This is why I say, what what would you have done differently? I'm not paying. Brandon Nimmo does nothing for me. Andrew Benintendi makes you a better team. Does he, does he make you a significantly better team at that cost? I'm only looking at starting pitching. And I'm not even looking at the shortstop market because I just I didn't I never for one second felt like it was realistic. Sure. Based on the fact that you're paying Goldie and you're paying Arenado, and you got Tommy Edmond who is in a Gold Glove category, and you got Brendan Donovan at second base. Right. That is a Gold Glover. So why would why bother spending all of that money? I get it. I'd rather go and address the top end of the rotation, which I don't know what that is this year. I don't even know who my guys are. Let's walk down that path for a second. Who is available? Exactly. I know. But that if we're going to talk about the offseason and we're going to say that's all you did, which is fair because that's all they did was sign Wilson Contreras, let's walk down then the path of what didn't they do? Chris Bassett. Does Chris, Chris Bassett is not a number one or number two. Sean Manaya at one point may have been a number one or number two. More of a number three right now. Yeah. Do you need a number a number three to the starting rotation? Isn't he hurt too? He he may have been hurt a little bit last year, but the Giants gave him a one year deal. Okay. He did not get a massive contract. But the bottom line is, 
whether whether it's Bassett or Manaya or Ross Stripling or anything, these you're talking about middle of the middle of the rotation to back end guys. Corey Kluber, who my family is, you know, my wife is best is buddies. really good friends with. Uh, his are almost blood brothers. That'd be awesome to see. Corey Corey's not a number one anymore. No. He's he's not he's not a number two anymore. He got a one year deal from Boston for a reason. So who who would have changed? Who would have really changed? The only the guys that would have changed it are the guys you weren't going to be able to afford anyways, or didn't want to pack, or didn't want. Yeah, yeah. Let's I'll reword it. Yeah. I'll be very careful. Words matter, Jamie. Yeah, you're right. You Words chose matter. not to dive into that pool of starting pitching, but then it 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 steers me down the path of could you have made a trade then for a starting pitcher? Because you probably you here's the thing that I think aggravates some of Cardinal Nation and it. It aggravates me a little bit, even though I understand the whole concept of it, is you're guarding your prospects right now like they're gold. You are. Like Jordan Walker, I get it. He's unmovable. You're not moving him. But the rest of them, for me, they're in play. They're all in play. And you could have went and probably got a starting pitcher for putting some prospects together, like good players, not just like random prospects. Probably could have got a starting pitcher on a crap team that has a year left or two years left of team control you'd have had to pay for it but you could have you could have done it like this is where i think sometimes franchises overvalue their young players is because percentages tell me flat out any sport look it up that your prospect pool no matter how deep it is you only have a small percentage actually go on to be relevant sure big leaguers in whatever sport it is Mm. so why do you guard it so heavily i would have i would have rather moved a couple of pieces and got a top-of-the-end rotation guy to get him here. Let's get him in the building, mm-hmm. and then we can work on re-signing him. So I got so I got two questions. If yeah. you're if you think if you're thinking that same way, which pitcher was traded this offseason that would have been would have been attracted uh, attractive to you? So that would be one number one. You probably, and, you get, and I would have to do some research on I'd that as well. Off the that. top of my head, I, I can't remember uh, a. a a number one or number two that got traded this traded this offseason. Maybe I'm missing an obvious one, but yeah, but maybe it's somebody who, who maybe wasn't even going to be traded, but because your prospects are so good, okay, the team goes, you know what? Yeah, that's fair. One, I want a name, and and two, in terms of holding on to the prospects, the other idea to this team, because you're right, you're not going to hit on that. But my thought on this has changed a little bit in recent years. Don't you want more bites of, uh, of the apple? At the Apple. Meaning what? Meaning you have X amount of prospects that you feel as though could make it to the big leagues. Let's call, let's just let's so call it's a like nice the round. shots on net thing, right? Let's throw as many pucks on net because percentages tell me that we're going to have more chances to score. All right, let's let's say 10. I got t- I got 10, nice even round number, 10 prospects that I feel as though. Yeah, you're going to have one of those guys that has a relevant major league career. Don't I, don't I want more more bites at the Apple? How much do you trust your scouting staff? Because well, you got that's, all, a, that's another that's you accrued another story. All of these guys. Mm-hmm. How come you couldn't do it again? You could, but you want to be in a situation where you're trading. But how bad did you need Sandy Alcantara? But how bad did you need a starting pitcher? You still do. You still do. Right. You still haven't solved your problem. And I know the deadline is the next mile marker. I right. get it. But we're t- the discussion right now is the Cardinals offseason and mm-hmm. them getting graded with a B. They got graded on Wilson Contreras got you a B. That's it. And that is, I think that's an adequate grade for that. I, I do too. So if you if you would have done more, what would you what would you have done? And like look, we can we can get mic drops on this. 
You can leave us a mic drop at the 101 ESPN app. I, di- I did a dive myself because I have been one of these people that have said, yeah, that's all they did. Add to his strength. Keep adding to his strength. Why did they stop? And then when I look at it more and I, and I speak honestly on this, if they sign Nimmo, am I excited? No, I'm pissed. If they sign Benintendi for what the White Sox gave him, am I excited? No, I'm kind of pissed. Conforto on a short-term deal, Hanniger on a short-term deal, okay. But then, then you have to then you have to take it a step further. Who are they taking at bats from? Are you excited about Juan Yepes this year? Because those at bats probably come out of Juan Yepes's bank. Are you excited about Nolan Gorman getting ABs this year? Okay. Well, now you're talking about ABs being extracted there. I'm just trying to say, let's look at the big, big picture and answer honestly what you would have. I would have signed a number one pitcher. Okay, cool. Rodon signed with the Yankees. He didn't want to be here. Yeah, and I don't necessarily – here's the thing. I don't zero in on one specific player when I talk about starting pitching because that's absurd. For the same reason as one, you don't know what it would have costed you to trade for him. Mm-hmm. So if you zero in on pitcher A, B, or C, and the asking price is astronomical – then I don't care that I've got some good prospects. I'm not giving you all of them. Right. So that's one roadblock. The other roadblock is free agency. There's no guarantee that player wanted to be a Cardinal. Right. So even if you threw the same amount of money at that player as another team, he probably he may say, I, just, I don't want to go to St. Louis. Sure. As crazy as some people think that is to hear that, right. um, I guarantee it's happened. Or I like St. Louis. I wanted to play in New York more. Yeah. That could also, I mean, both can be true. Yeah. So right. some of it is out of the control of the organization. Certainly. You're hitting the nail on the head, Jamie. Yeah, you are. Absolutely. That's Janet. That's Janet speaking a lot of truth again. Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalter. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. What's trending is next. The smartest way to do your homework is Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, Trex, Envision, Azek, and decorators to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Stop by and see Hackman's expanded paint department, too, with brushes, rollers, painter's tape, and four different lines of interior and exterior paint. Custom color match available. Visit Hackman Lumber's newly remodeled stores in St. Peter's and Pacific, or their showroom in Troy, Missouri. Hackman Lumber. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time to find out what's going on in the sports world with What's Trending Now, brought to you by Goodwill. Donate a car and get tickets to the St. Louis Cardinals. Welcome back to the Fast Lane here on 101 ESPN. Anthony Stalter, Jamie Rivers, I am Andrew Marsh. It's time for What's Trending. Guys, Brock Purdy, who suffered an injury in that NFC Championship game, the old UCL. Well, he was supposed to have surgery. It has now been postponed, and this is what the details that surround it. So Purdy was slated to go under, undergo surgery on, uh, well, today, actually. And uh, his doctor, Dr. Keith Meister, the team's physician, he's uh, for the Texas Rangers. Uh, he's the one that's performing Purdy's surgery. 
Um, he has an extensive background in uh, performing these type of surgeries. He recommended to wait to see Purdy um, on uh, Tuesday, and they're going to meet again in early March, uh, a source confirmed. So what does this mean for the 49ers in terms of who's going to be their quarterback moving forward? And obviously this delays the whole process. I think if Brock Purdy is healthy, it's him. I think I think I don't think there's any question, quite frankly. Brock Purdy a year ago, if you think back to the things that Kyle Shanahan was saying about Trey Lance, he actually brought up Brock Purdy several times. Now, guy Nick Wagner at ESPN.com has pointed this out. If you go back to last year's like OTAs training camps, when they've asked him about when they asked him about Trey Lance, mm-hmm. it was well. Doesn't have a lot of experience. Got a guy that we took in the seventh round in Brock Purdy that had a ton of experience, so he'll have to be ready to go. That may have that may have been a small window into how Shanahan view, has viewed his depth chart, or at least Trey Lance, this entire time. Trey Lance has not played a lot of football over the last uh, over the last couple of years. Not all his fault. He had a pandemic mixed in, he injury last year, but tough situation. The numbers are what they are, though. You haven't played a lot of football. Brock Purdy has. So Brock Purdy is healthy. I don't think there's any question that he's the 49ers starting quarterback next year. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. If I'm the 49ers, I'm going to get an established guy. I, my team is way too good to cross my fingers and hope Brock Purdy can manage the games properly again for another year. And I understand he might take small steps forward because of confidence and experience and reps and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But that team is just way too good to not have an elite quarterback. And Brock Purdy, well, maybe he is that guy. Well, maybe he is. Maybe he isn't. Then what? Oh, Trey Lance? Well, then what? Like, again, for me, the quarterback is the most important position on the field. And you've got a big question mark right now as your quarterback. But you have all the other pieces, including a really good defense. I'm not doing it. I'm going to find a quarterback. Whether even if it's Derek Carr, I, I'd rather put the ball in his hands and let him, you know, spread the offense out. Like he's got more of a resume. Of course, my my first choice on the 49ers, Aaron, no, Aaron Rodgers. Oh God. I mean you Brady. Find I, I actually, but I think I actually think Tom Brady's actually retired this time. I think I think that's done with. If he was kind of wavering or not sure yet, I absolutely would have targeted him. With that offense, it'd be incredible. But I'm just not ready to give the keys to the camper, to Brock Purdy, and especially now since he's been hurt in a very pivotal spot for a quarterback. I, I just don't know. Yeah, I mean, if he, if he needs Tommy John surgery, which was the the initial question, mm-hmm. then Brock Purdy's not going to be available next year. No, but I, I, I don't, I'm still – yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't do it. Guys, St. Louis City SC gets underway this weekend, taking on Austin FC – and now the opening drive and BK and Ferrario talked about this. I wanted to get your opinion on the MLS season pass and the the cost of it, uh, because obviously that affects this area being that this is the inaugural year for City SC. Uh, but basically, Apple TV has the subscription and, um, you know, you can purchase that MLS season pass. Uh, if you don't have an Apple subscription already, you will pay $14.99 per month or $99 per season. Whereas if you do, then you're paying the $12.99 per month or $79 per season. What is your thoughts? What are your thoughts on 
paying for this subscription for for soccer. Before we get to that, this is what Janet thinks about it. The new soccer team has already alienated all their older fans, all the fans that live in nursing homes, all the fans that are in hospitals, and everything else by streaming. Streaming is not accessible to all those people. So if you want to limit your fan base, then go ahead and put it on Apple. But that is not a popular venue for sports by a lot of the fans. Uh, initial thought, Janet's right. Why, why wouldn't it be available? I'm, I'm, I plead ignorance on this. Why would it be unavailable in nursing homes? Well, one, the nursing home would have to purchase it. Right, still because they're the ones that provide the cable package or whatever it is in each room. So, or maybe that maybe people don't understand how it works and don't right. know how to, and it's too frustrating, and so they say screw it. Sure. So that's I mean that's probably a greater possibility. Right. I don't know how the infrastructure is for cable TV or satellite dish at nursing homes. And mm -hmm. here's the thing: I'm not isolating it to that. That's one small piece of the pie here. My issue with what is going on with this one if you, the cardinals and the blues this might be what they end up doing with valleys on life support right now and not knowing what the hell is going on it might go to a streaming service and you pay your membership fee and do all this stuff mm -hmm. but you know no blackouts either i think people would be more than happy to pay for a subscription to something that they knew they could watch every every single game um overall for for mls though i, I don't know if i like the play I, it's not popular enough yet in the United States, for me, I would want to blast this out on the most accessible, easy stations available to anybody who can watch. Because as a casual fan or somebody who knew St. Louis City SC, maybe you don't really know what soccer's about. You've never watched MLS. We have a team now. You're interested. You're ready to go. But you're like, I don't know if I'm willing to commit $75 or $99. Up. Right. Like, I don't know if I'm ready to commit for that. Yeah. I'd like to see the product first. I'd like to watch a bunch of games and find out if I like it. I think I don't. But, I don't like it. Is, but this is where Anthony. This I don't is where like people, it. This is where the world is going, though. That's your answer, Jamie. This is years, where it's headed. Years ago. Yeah, that's the unfortunate so you're reality. Gonna go, you're going to go purchase Apple TV because we're in the sporting world here, right? We've got to yeah. talk about this. You're going to go purchase Apple TV and you're going to stream the games. Just so you can see how St. Louis City SC does. Me? Yeah. No. Exactly. Why not? This is the way the world's going, Anthony. It it is though a la carte, is it not? I don't believe it is. You stream in the NBA? You stream in the NBA package? Nope. No. No, but it's on TV. How everywhere. much money? How it's much on money TV is everywhere, coming? Anthony. Yeah, you get you get two TNT games on a yeah, Thursday you night. ESPN you get an ESPN game. game. You get all the highlights on the ESPN. All that stuff. Yeah. Okay. I don't need to stream it. I don't need to stream hockey. I don't need to stream baseball. You, you still have to have either a cable or satellite package yeah, to access TNT and ESPN. I understand that, but you're, you got me at gunpoint now because you're like, you have to have Apple. You have to download Apple. You've got to pay for Apple. Mm -hmm. Then, then you have the ability to and stream And if you want Ted, Ted Lasso, you have to have a, what is it, a Hulu, Hulu no, subscription? No, so if you want Apple Lasso. TV, is Ted Lasso. Okay, yeah. Apple TV. But you want if you want MLS, you have to pay that extra yeah. money, essentially. Yeah. However, if you We're, do have T-Mobile, you can get a you can get an MLS pass for free. You get okay. a free season pass. 
that's if you were a part of T-Mobile. What did we? Which could be another thing that you know they're partnering up with T-Mobile to to make that happen. What did we all think was going to happen when everybody started cutting the cutting the cord and bragging about it? Like you know, I cut the cord. Great. Now you got forty-two subscriptions instead of one. You didn't think there was going to be an adjustment here. Uh, Anthony, you didn't think there was going to be a transition. Okay. We're we're speaking two different languages right now. Okay. Because what you're saying is a hundred percent true. I get it. I understand. But what you're not grasping from my side of it right now is that you're trying to grow a sport where sure. visibility, maximum visibility, would help your sport. Understood. And now you're limiting visibility. Well, if you really want it, but I don't know if I really want it. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched it. When I watch it and I see passionate fans or the beautiful stadium that they have here, or I see a team that Bradley talks about where he's talking about his hardworking, gritty team. What am I? I'm not going to go pay up front. Mm -hmm. You know, like there's very few things in life that you pay up front for before you actually get the product. Buying an airline ticket might be the only thing where you pay up front and uh, you hope that uh, it works out all right. Mm -hmm. You go buy a car, you go buy a house. Like it's all like you get it. Right. So to me, paying for MLS soccer up front feels like, I don't know. Like, of course, I'm going to watch it because we're going to talk about it. But if I was just a guy who was working at nine to five every day or whatever you do, mm-hmm. why? what would inspire me to just go spend money? Oh, here, take my money. Oh, I hate it. Oh, well, you got to wait for a year to cancel it, sir. Sorry. Sure. No, that that's absolutely fair. I guess my question would be, how would that be different than any of the other s- streaming services that we now have to It's have not, to but we're not with. required. We don't have to have those streaming services to watch our favorite sports teams. I you can argue. have it on your cable package. For Bally's, I know somebody's going to scream Bally's right now. Fine. Right. But there's national broadcasts mm-hmm. of games. TNT, ESPN, carry the NHL, Major League Baseball, TBS, and they're all over the place with Major League Baseball. NFL football has national, like, right. you don't have to do anything except turn your TV on, and if you like it, you keep watching it. Okay, well, who paid for the MLS rights then? Apple did. Okay. I think that's the bigger question. I guess, it's, it's no different than the NHL doing ESPN You're talking Plus about games. the business model. I Correct. get what you're saying, but I'm not. I'm talking about a viewership model. I so the MLS screwed up. Okay, but what you're I'm saying. saying the MLS screwed up. Yes. Fair. I get it. You, you don't think I'm getting your point. I do get your point. You're saying the, the MLS screwed up in this. Fair. They still need two to tango, though. So was ESPN was ESPN well, they got ready? a better deal from Apple. Ready? For sure. Okay. Yeah, but then it doesn't mean it's the best deal for your sport. I, I'm with you on that. Because you get the money. Oh, great, for the money. And then all of a sudden, and then on the nobody, back end, And then nobody though, can find you. And sure. on the back end, you lose revenue because nobody's watching your product. I'm with you. I, I hate it when MLB, I hate it for the two games the Cardinals are on Apple TV. And we, we can't watch those games if, unless you have the Apple subscription. I'm with you, Jamie. But somebody would have had to purchase the MLS season. Uh, you, you brought up the NFL. ESPN, Fox, CBS, Mm -hmm. take our money. Boom, NFL, here you go. That is why when you flip it on your cable or your satellite, it's all right there. It's readily accessible. Then they start streaming it out. NFL.com, stream. That's how I watched the Super Bowl this year. NFL.com, exactly. Yep. Okay. Who Who passed on the MLS to now put us in this situation? I don't think it passed. I think the MLS screwed up. I think the MLS looked at it and said, hey, here's our biggest pot of gold. Let's go over here. Instead of going, well, the pot of gold could multiply into three pots of gold if we go over to NBC. Mm -hmm. But we're not looking at that because right now the big pot of gold is right in front of us. 
I, would I mean, they still have games on, like, Fox and whatnot, but, like, the majority of the games, like, instead of us being well, able to watch We're not going to gonna get St. Louis Valley, City on Fox. I mean, but, but that's, I mean you could, but... We're not. You might, every, you, might, you might every once in a while, just like you might okay. get your blues every just once in a while. hope and pray. That's a good way to do it. Well, I think you're... I'd rather know that I'm going to be able to watch my team. But at, You know how you can watch the team? Oh, by Apple. Well, I mean, yeah, you have to. Just, just, <laughs> just shut up. It's the way of the world, man. You want to watch your show? Okay, There's cool. 6% it's on of Netflix Americans, now. 6% of Americans have Apple TV. Boy, you're going to grow that sport, aren't you, Anthony? What the, is this, what's the what age? What a joke. What's the age range on 6% of that? What a freaking joke. In all I don't se- know. I haven't dove into that yet, in Anthony. In all seriousness, what's the age What's the age range? Maybe Janet's right. Maybe, Jan- maybe I'm Janet. I'm sure she's 100% right. To me, Janet sounds like somebody who's a little older and probably falls into that category where she's pissed off and can't download the games. Maybe Janet is correct in that MLS is screwing. They are. The, the, That's what I've been saying for 10 fans. minutes, and you won't see it. What is the age range for, for Apple TV? Is it is it younger? It's younger, yeah. Okay. Well, okay, maybe, that, maybe that was part of the... Uh, the Understanding by MLS that they're they're going to Apple. Yeah, and young people have the attention span of a gnat. Overall. Very true. So, I'm not focusing on like it's nice if you again to my point, to my point. Mm-hmm. If you had it visible and the young kids are really interested, that's your customer for the next twenty or thirty years. Okay, for your revenue stream. Instead of this six percent of Americans have Apple TV, let's say four percent of that is younger kids. Mm-hmm. Well, they're not. That's not what I'm looking for. I understand. It might be tough for them to grow the sport. To your point. Stupid. Okay. I don't this isn't different. This isn't all. different than streaming services now. Well, this nope. is the way of the world, dude. And you know it, Jamie. Really? You feel it in your that's heart. That's as good as the comment of it, it is bones. what it is. Well, Jay, I said that earlier. That's like tapping out. Jamie, everybody cut the cord. Everybody cut the... I, you know what I did? We cut the cord. We're saving money. Really? Because they're going to get it back from me in about 10 years. And here we are. Wake up, man. Whatever. There's a revolution going on, oh, Jamie. Oh, my God. Would you stop it? My God. There's a war out there, Jamie. Well, there is. It's sad, Okay, too. We're a pawn in the game. And and stuff. Five years from now? I bet you believe that Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone. I'm not Grow getting, up, man. I'm not getting into this. Grow up. <laughs> I'm a Canadian guy. I got no horse in the race, man. <laughs> I'm not getting into your crap. This is Fast Lane on 101 at ESPN. We'll play fill in the blank next. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. have a fill in the blank for us you could play i have to keep this pretty quick since jamie and i just got into it it's a fast lane on 101 espn marsh you got a fill in the blank for us yeah i was just gonna say that i think you made jamie so upset that he just stormed off he hasn't came back yet Mm -hmm. we got a text apparently said you read it to us uh in the break Uh, sometimes i think you all really hate each other yeah oh there he is 
guys. Oh, wait, he's back. Fill in the blank. More like blank you, Anthony. Mm -hmm. Am I right? That actually should be a segment. Boy, we could fill up a whole hour of that. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> Good to see you two are friends again. Yeah, uh, the cards friends. will be successful if blank stays healthy. Wow, that's really not that hard, is it? No. Three, two, one. No Tyler Renato. What? What the hell's wrong with you? What? The Cardinals will be successful if Blank stays healthy. I I'll choose their best player. How about that? Nolan Arenado. Wow, Anthony, I feel like you're cutting corners here. And here we are. About? I thought we were going to make some progress. It's got to be somebody who's injured oh. on a regular basis. Oh, I'm sorry. I think we did a segment yesterday where you ran through everyone on the roster talking about what they needed to prove. Their, what they need to prove. Yeah. I don't I think I don't think you kept it in the nature of the segment. What are you talking about? Now, did you? I literally did. You talked about proving Tyler O'Neill. What does he have to prove? And I said he's absolutely got to prove something. So does he have the most to prove, or yeah. is it Jack Flaherty? And, and then you literally the went all the way down. Tyler O'Neill has to stay healthy. So does Jack Flaherty. That was my only thing I was wavering on there is what you were going to say, Flaherty or O'Neill, and then you throw in Arenado. What the hell's the wrong? The Cardinals with you? will be successful if Blank Why'd you stays wish healthy. That upon successful. Him? Nolan Arnado. It says nothing. It says nothing. It's nothing about injury. What are you looking at? There is nothing. It says nothing about injury. The rundown. What are you talking about? The show rundown. We get one every day. <laughs> Jamie. He didn't I'm look looking at, at it online. <laughs> you know, for a guy who's into all the streaming and everything, and you're like, oh, and then you go into old it. school paper. I've got it online here. Okay. Well, what does it say online? It says, um, Tyler O'Neill. <laughs> <laughs> nothing about injury. Nolan Arenado, it's a no-brainer. Wait, read the fill in the blank again. The cards will be successful if blank stays healthy. Stays healthy. That's literally talking about injury. All right, you're right. I concede. <laughs> Let's do it again. You're right. My bad. I didn't think the word injury, but you're right. Go ahead. Read it again. The cards will be successful if blank stays healthy. Absolutely. Oh, Nolan Arenado. Oh, I should have. I should have. I knew you were good. We got a right. healthy injury. We got a text right. from the 636. Anthony quit bringing up old stuff. Didn't say stuff. This is about today. Yeah. You should know better. Okay. Old I'll blank. I'll still take Nolan Arenado. Who's the Cardinals' best player? Paul Goldschmidt. Yeah. Where's your MVP? My guy has got an MVP trophy. Well, my guy was a candidate. <laughs> All right, let's go to the next one. The Blues will be a playoff team next year if they do blank in the offseason. Well, they got to find some scoring. Rebuild their roster? Oh, my God. I mean, there's a lot of truth to that, though, Jamie. They, they do need to rebuild their roster. They need some forwards after all this uh, is going uh -huh. down. Certainly. I mean, I would say add a defenseman but you got no room to do mm -hmm. that unless you're going to make a trade or something there's a whole lot of stuff going on there yeah yeah uh how about this the blues will be a playoff team next year if doug armstrong has one of the savviest best off seasons of his life you know what anthony i can back you on that one thanks jamie that that one there yep solid sure is thanks blank will have the biggest jump in the standings next season due to adding a new quarterback in the offseason. Oh, jump in the standings. Uh, I'm going to go with the New York football Jets. I think that if you put a really good quarterback, look at the amount of games they won last year, and they were all over the map with their quarterback situation. Mm-hmm. 
if you put an established quarterback on that team, for me, I think they have a jump because where'd they finish? Last in the division? No, second last, right? No, they finished last in their division. So if you put a good quarterback there, you don't think that they can they can go above 500? They can, you don't think they can be a playoff team? Yes, I do. Um, I'm going to go with the Carolina Panthers. Because no. that division, what? the division's terrible. They They're got a pretty, a bad they, get, team, they, they get a pretty good roster. They get, they get a better roster than people think. What? If they, if they were to add, I, it doesn't even have to be established quarterback. It just has, it just has to be one that has a great season. They can make the, they can make the biggest jump. Oh man, that is a bad division. Though you're right, it's terrible. Yeah, I mean, you really pick out any At team. At first, in I that thought division. you were insane, um, because I just don't think that's a very good team. But based upon the requirements of the question. You might be right. The Bucs are in cap yeah. hell, and they have Kyle Trask right now at the top of their quarterback roster. Atlanta's got a bunch of cap, but Ritter's likely their quarterback next year. New Orleans, no, no QB, cap hell. Carolina, isn't it? I, I thought they were in better cap shape than than before I started looking at it. They're, eh. Mm. But, I mean, they could also move up in the draft if they, if they hit on a rookie quarterback. I, I think that team could be pretty decent next year. Jamie... Jamie, you might be onto something. Uh, per report, the Jets' pitch to Derek Carr uh, requires him, you know, saying that he could be a first ballot Hall of Famer. What? Who? If he wins in New York. Oh, if he wins in New York. I, I find that very funny. Hmm. Derek Carr. Could? Yeah, Derek Carr. Anthony, I didn't, didn't mince my words. <laughs> what about uh, the Giants? I mean, the Giants were a playoff team last year. But could you see them winning the division if they add a significant quarterback? No. Uh, the Eagles The Eagles are going to go through transition. They're losing a bunch on their defense. Do the Giants have enough mm-hmm. offensively, though, if they put a quarterback there? They're uh, still kind of mid in the wide receiver. Well, yeah. That whole roster is the epitome of mid. Yeah, so that's but why they're fine. They're, look at what they're able to do. But will they be able to do that trickery again yeah. next year? No, I don't think if it's I don't think Daniel if Daniel Jones is making a bunch of money. No, yeah. but if you if you bring in a, a different QB, I don't know. Just, just food for thought, guys. Food for thought. I think the Commanders could probably be that team at least to make a jump in the standings. Eric Bieniemy's there now. Eric Bieniemy's there. You know, maybe they get a different quarterback. They can't move on with Carson Wentz and no. Sam Howell is the guy they're looking at. A fifth round pick from last year. So who started at the end of the year. Oh, maybe they make the jump. Is this the is this the most intriguing season that we that we can remember from a, like a I mean really it's quarterback but it's quarterback just overall sure. yeah well quarterback is the most important position and the most popular position so the fact that there's so many quarterbacks or discussions out there mm-hmm. yeah it's going to be exciting. Aaron Rodgers likely to move. Lamar Jackson could move. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The, the Raiders. Derek Carr is definitely Derek Carr is definitely Jimmy, Jimmy G, G. Where is he ending mm-hmm. up? Danny Dimes, is he going back to New York? Like, right. It's a lot of questions surrounding the quarterback position. Okay. What we got, Marsh? What we got coming up? Like coming up next? Yeah, what do we got? You do the tease. You gave me the old. You gave me the old break. So yeah. I'm gonna put. I'm gonna. Yeah. Kind of, uh, what yeah. are we? What I should get, we do, Marsh? I get the tease you, Anthony. Yeah, you do. Tease these listeners. All right. What do you want to do next? Well, there's a certain player on the Blues 
that might be on the move. Yeah, Ivan Barbashev. We talked about this. Anthony, what the heck? Well, that's fun when you're on the other side of the tees. Yeah. Mm. But where's he going, Anthony? Ivan what Barbashev? could the Blues get for him? We'll talk about that next. Right here. Oh, right here on 101. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Raleigh of the Daily Faceoff. The guy that ruined the expansion draft. <laughs> yes, he did. Single-handedly I mean, ruined the yeah. expansion draft. He also said that Ivan Barbashev uh, had little to no work ethic. And then came back a couple days later and said he did. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And we call that the uh, media pivot. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's what happens when Blue's Twitter gets all over you. Yeah, not great. You mess with our players. Yeah, th- what Jamie was talking about was when during the expansion draft a couple years ago when Seattle was coming in. Everybody was ESPN. They were excited. I think. I think it was even the return of the NHL on ESPN. It was. And it's like, hey, let's kick things off. Expansion draft. Everybody's well, they excited. Made a big deal about it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. A full TV show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Seven o'clock prime mm-hmm. time. Let's go. We knew everybody was getting picked uh, to like twenty four hours before. Frank Cervalli goes, oh yeah, mm-hmm. you excited for that? Are you? Here's everything. Tweeted it out in the morning. You got all those beautiful, what a beautiful fire you've got there. Oh, here's an entire bathtub of water for your fire. (laughs) There you go. I have not one, but two fire extinguishers. Uh Let me use these. (laughs) So Ivan Barbashev, as we know, could be be dealt at some point. Likely dealt at some point. What do you think he fetches, Jamie? Well, (laughs) and who makes sense? What teams make sense? Well, there's a lot of teams that could use an Ivan Barbashev. Um, You know, I I look at uh, any of the contending teams. New York Rangers would make sense. The New Jersey Devils make sense. And New Jersey is a team that has been rumored to be in on Ivan Barbashev. The Boston Bruins make sense. It's not going to be a team that needs Ivan Barbashev to come in and be a top six forward. Sure. It's going to be a team that needs him to come in and be a solid third line player. And play up and down the lineup as as need be. So, what can he fetch? Anthony, this goes right back to our discussion we had before about this. It's who misses out on the top tier players. So when Timo Meyer's off the board, Ryan O'Reilly's off the board, Vladimir Tarasenko's off the board. When all of the Patrick Kane, when it flows through, and you got your top tier guys that are off the board, you go to your secondary tier, and that's where Ivan Barbashev is. And if a team that's a real contender missed out on one of those top tier players. They're going to panic a little bit because they need like if you're a contender, if you're a Boston Bruins, let's say, and you think I need, to, I'm going to add Patrick Kane at the deadline. And all of a sudden you don't get him, and now you're staring at your bottom six. You go, oh boy, I, we need Barbashev. We'll give you a first rounder. I think that's when you'll get a higher pick. You'll get more for Ivan Barbashev. I don't as of as it sits right now. You know, Ivan Barbashev probably fetch you, you know, like some of the comparables. Uh, last year, Nick Paul was a very comparable player. Tampa sent Matthew Joseph a fourth-round pick and uh, they and, uh, retained 44.5% retained of the salary. So I don't think there's any salary that'll be retained by the Blues on this one. Barbie doesn't make an, an exorbitant amount of money on this. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyways, I... Uh, 
When I look at it, I think that the longer Doug Armstrong waits, the better it is for the deal. Now, the risk that you run is that this player, who is a physical-type player, could possibly get injured, and then everything's off the table. So I wouldn't be surprised in the next little bit here if when Saad and Booch come back on Thursday, I wouldn't be surprised if you somewhere down the line Ivan Barbashev starts to get healthy scratched so that the asset doesn't get injured and then Army can't make a deal. Army talked about it himself. He got a bit of a wake-up call when Tarasenko and O'Reilly both went down. He was kind of like, man, all right, let's get this going. And so he might do the same thing with Ivan Barbashev, or if he waits, he might start to healthy scratch him. But nonetheless, I do think it's inevitable that Barbie goes. The longer he waits, I think the higher the return. I'm surprised that Timo Meyer hasn't been dealt yet. Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised that that domino hasn't hasn't fallen. Well, they're evaluating all the offers that they're getting for him right now, and they're going to wait. Yeah, They're going to wait. I mean, that's the way you make teams panic. So it's Timo Meyer, it's Patrick Kane, mm-hmm. and it's... Well, Jonathan Taze was out yeah, there, but he's, off, the, he's off of that now. Yep. Isn't there another one? Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, I don't know. Arizona well, has Chikrin, but yeah. out of the forward group, who – I thought there was a third. I'm drawing a blank right now, Anthony. Yeah. Damn well, you. there's been some moves since that point. But anyways – stuck in his wheel. No, but it does make sense, Jamie. It makes sense that Doug Armstrong would hold hold court here for a little little bit. But you're right. He can't, he can't well, wait Detroit too Well, Detroit has Dylan Larkin, that, but Detroit's right in the mix. They have Tyler Bertuzzi and Dylan Larkin, but – the Red Wings are two points out of a playoff spot. Yeah, you're probably hanging yeah. on to those guys. Probably. It's Fastlane on 101 at ESPN. Are we potentially overlooking a breakout candidate for the Cardinals? Who is right in front of our face the whole time, Jamie? We'll explain next in the Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Nope. We're right back to the Fastlane podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Eno Saris of The Athletic put together a list of 10 young MLB bats who could be poised for breakouts this season. Right at the top of the list was Lars Taylor Tatsui Nupar of your St. Louis Cardinals. With Jamie Rivers, I'm Anthony Stalter. It's a fast line on 101 ESPN. Appreciate you joining us. Jamie, I thought what Eno wrote was pretty interesting. So he says, uh, the personality is big fun, evidenced by his post-game celebration antics, huge smile, all that. Uh, but it is the collection of skills Lars Newbar brings to the table as well. Particularly fun is the combination of power and contact ability. This I thought was most interesting. Here are the other players who, like Newbar, combined an, an above-average strikeout rate with a barrel rate over 12% in more than 300 plate appearances last year and will play this year. So if all that is like, I don't know what you just said there. Just listen to the names that Newbar is associated with based on the stat I just read from Eno Saris. Jordan Alvarez, Eloy Jimenez, Rowdy Telez, Bryce Harper, Juan Soto, the big strong man, Pete Alonzo, and Taylor Ward. That's some pretty decent company there. Those are the players that Newbar joins when it comes to above average strikeout rate with a barrel rate over 12%. Here's why it's important. Above average strikeout rate, that, that one's obvious. You don't want to strike out too much. You want to put the ball in play. You want to have a good eye. 
You're okay with some strikeouts if you're also getting the power, but ultimately somebody like Lars Newbar, he needs to be on base. He needs to put the ball in play. Barrel rate is one of the indicators that a guy can drive the ball out of the park. How well, how good are you at barreling pitches? If you obviously if you hit one on the sweet spot, based on your launch angle, your bat speed, those those things can can indicate power. Newt Bar has that. He again, he's in that category with Jordan Alvarez, Harper Soto, and the others. That's pretty good, Jamie. It is. It's exciting, but it's also oh. what? Yeah, but go ahead. Okay, never mind. It's exciting, Anthony. Thank you. You're That's right. what I was thinking. There you go. I'm fired up. No, you're great. That could be an MVP. Could be. <laughs> go ahead. No, it's great. <laughs> you win. Go ahead. I thought it was a discussion, but apparently it isn't. Fairly not. Marshy, it's great, isn't it? <laughs> you two are just something else today. Guy shows up wearing the same damn T-shirt as me and thinks he can do this. <laughs> we did. We did. We wore this, the, the, not only just the Synergy Hockey shirt, the the black and white Synergy Hockey shirt. Yep. Both got haircuts. Looks good. Both yeah. got haircuts, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Twinsies today. Yep. Go ahead, Jimmy. I was just going to ask, do, is there enough sample size? Oh, hell no. <laughs> I wasn't even done with my questions. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> Son of a batch of biscuits. All right. Never mind. I quit. Tommy, I quit. <laughs> if you're listening right now, John Kioski, you're driving safely in the rain. This I quit. This is my official reason. This is it. I'm done. <laughs> Put my headphones down for the last time. It's a long career. <laughs> a long, illustrious <laughs> two and a half year career. It's really supposed to be three, but uh, well, I disappeared for five it, months. It happens. Witness protection and yep. all. Uh, no, it's now, a, though. Uh, the uh, yeah, true. Uh, no, the sample size definitely not. No. Yeah, I just look at um, I look at all of those things, and I'm excited because I like Lars Newtbar. I, I mean, the way he kind of burst onto the scene as far as like an energy guy, and then finding out uh, through BT and Danny Mac and other people involved in the Cardinals organization that you know he's got a very strong work ethic that he works on so many things he asks questions he's good with the he asks questions of the veteran guys and you know all of this stuff makes me want to go I want to cheer for Lars Newtbar and I do and I I like it all the pepper grinder all the everything is fantastic but like I want to see it for a full season mm-hmm. and then I'm not saying he cannot do it I'm not I'm saying that I just would like to see it I want to be as excited next year at this time about Lars Newbar. Yeah. That makes sense? Yeah, no, it, to- it totally does. And Jamie, I don't know how you feel, but for me, I think Lars Lars Newbar also is a-, a victim of kind of the circumstance because when I think think of Cardinals outfielders in recent past, we've gotten excited about Harrison Bader. We've gotten excited about Tyler O'Neill. We've gotten excited about about Dylan Carlson. We have gotten excited about other Cardinals outfielders have seen a little bit of a bur- uh, you know just a little glimpse with a Dylan Carlson a little bigger but still kind of smaller glimpse of Harrison Bader and at least for one full season of Tyler O'Neill but then last year everything got dashed again because of the injuries so it, it's not fair to Newbar to say well we'll just have to wait and see because we've been here before with with Cardinals outfielders but that is the case 
So when you ask, is it a large enough sample size? Absolutely not. And we will just kind of have to wait and see on this. Yeah. But at least the metrics and all the things that you mentioned about his work ethic and, and new bar as – you know, Saris wrote, Newbar spent the offseason before the 2022 campaign at driveline baseball trying to improve his bat speed and his maximum exit velocity. Velocity jumped three and a half ticks as a result. This is a dude that's put in the work. He is. And he's got a he's got a cannon for an arm, and it's accurate. We saw that as well. We're not just talking about somebody that can help improve this offense. We're talking about somebody that can improve this team. Yeah. So you need I'm excited him to. Mm-hmm. If you're going to be successful overall, not just win your division, you need Lars Newbar to be that guy. Definitely. What makes us think that effort can change over the offseason? Offseason moves for the Blues are certainly going to be needed, and it'll help. But can you bring in new pieces and change kind of the complexity of the team on the fly? We'll get into that conversation next on 1-1 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. We've talked about how, how do you repair this or retool or rebuild this Blues roster. And and Doug Armstrong is going to have to be active in the in the offseason because, well, look, it's just sheer numbers. You've been, you've been trading away a bunch of forwards here. And I don't know what you're going to be able to do with the defensive core. And if you could break it up a little bit, maybe trade off some pieces. But we've talked about that, too. It's going to be difficult. But, Jamie, you have often highlighted, and you're right, how many times a lot of the – Little things that add up to be that add up to you know winning has not been done by the players this year. Whether yeah. it's a slow change, not get, not racing to the bench with urgency, quick line changes, small small details of the power play, small details of the penalty kill, small details to to manage the puck better. I mean, that's that you've been talking about that virtually since the second week of the season yeah. for a reason. How does that change even if you bring in new players? Well, one, it falls on the coaching staff. I mean, it does, right? Uh, And to be fair to the coaching staff, there is only so much you can do before it's out of your hands and into the GM's hands. Right. Because you have players that are guaranteed paychecks. Some of them are guaranteed really big ones. And they're for a long time. Their contract outlasts all of your coaching staff as far as current contract that they've got. Um, So the coaching staff uh, and Craig Berube and his staff have not veered off the course. All year they've stayed steadfast on trying to make these players play the way that they need to play with the the compete effort. So one thing we hear from Craig Berube all the time is compete. It hasn't been there enough for every single guy. When you've gotten it, it's been in patches. This is why a team is streaky, is because they're not competing every night in every aspect of the game. And I listened to Kerry Davis talk about this the other day on the opening drive, and I can't remember exactly what he said, but basically alluded to the fact that you know playing defense, it's hard work. Mm-hmm. It's it sucks. It, it, it sucks. Nobody wants to play defense. Everybody wants to be on offense. Everybody wants to score goals. That's fun. I'd rather do this than block a shot with the side of my head. Like, <laughs> really? You know, it, 
And back checking, it's amazing. The ice always feels like it's tilted. Like you're skating downhill towards the other team's net. When you're skating back to your net, it feels like you're skating uphill because it sucks. You don't like to do it. But that's where the good teams separate themselves from the mediocre teams. And this is where the Blues have found themselves in a little bit of a pickle this year is that the commitment level from each player at any given time has not been there consistently. And it's not like saying everybody has had problems with it. No, but a lot of your players have had trouble managing the puck, have had trouble defending the middle of the ice. You don't have to be an all-star to do either of those things. And so to get back onto what we're talking about, how does it change in the offseason – you make sure you have the right pieces in place if you're Army. You know, I think this coaching staff is absolutely 100% the right team to do the job. 100%. So good. You check that box. Now, who's our leaders? I don't know. You don't have a captain right now. And the two guys you had before, the three guys, quite honestly, were really good captains. David Backus was a good leader. Alex Petrangelo was a good leader. Ryan O'Reilly was a good leader. Who's the, who's the next guy? If Ryan O'Reilly doesn't come back, I think it's Braden Shen. That's just my personal opinion. So there, if you, if that's the case, you check that box. You got a guy who you know you can depend on to carry out the message the right way to your team and lead by example. Now, though, this is where it gets tricky. What does your secondary leadership look like? Is it Justin Falk? Is it Tori Krug? Are they still a part of the team? Who knows? Is it Colton Pareko? Is he still here? I mean, a lot of question marks surrounding a lot of these players so for me, it comes then with the the players that you put in place. Who have you traded for? Are they high-character individuals? If they are, great. Check that box because now you're headed in the right direction. The key to the offseason and the rebuild or the, the retool of what's going on here is making sure that you have the right pieces in place to carry out what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And so for me, Doug Armstrong has to make sure that whatever trades or uh, signings happen in the offseason – that they're for high-character individuals because that's what you're going to have to do. You're not going out there. You're not acquiring Connor McDavid. You're not acquiring Austin Matthews. You're not, nobody like that, to my knowledge, will be circled by the Blues. $10 million plus for a player, probably not going to happen. So what do you do? You get a bunch of guys who work extremely hard, but they're the next tier. Like Ryan O'Reilly and Vladimir Tarasenko, they're not top-tier guys in the NHL. They're not the McDavid's. They're not the Dreisaitl's. They're not the 100-point players. But they're the tier right under that, and they were making 7.5. Mm-hmm. So if you can find yourself a, a $6 million, $5 million high-character player, I think you have enough pieces in place. Like, it's time to pass the torch to Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo. Like, those guys are going to have to lead you offensively for the next, well, eight years. You got Pavel Buchnevich, who's been an amazing find. But again, Doug Armstrong found a guy who was high character, great work ethic in Pavel Buchnevich. And it turned out to be okay because now he's putting up the points. But the first and foremost was he was a guy that gets you 20 goals, but he works really hard and uh, he's a competitive guy. Great. Put him on our roster. Why do you think why do you think you you acquired Sammy Belay? You could have gotten anybody right. from the Rangers in you that know, deal. You know what you know what sort of player effort commitment you're getting. He's what you want. Yeah, he's what you want. Now, will he be back next year? I don't know. He's uh, on a one year deal for 1.5 million. He's unrestricted at the end of the season. I could see them re-signing Sammy Blay, because to me, he's part of the solution. Right. 
He plays that that straightforward north-south game, finishes his hits, block shots. Teammates like him. Yeah. To me, he's part of the solution. So when you put a bow on all of this, I think that in the offseason, nothing you know, overall schematically is going to change all that much. I think there'll be some tweaks because not everything has worked this year, but some of it hasn't worked because you haven't gotten that consistent commitment to compete every yeah. night. That's what has to change. I think I think what you're just talking about there is one of the most – it's the thing that is difficult to measure on the outside as a fan. It's hard to when – you're, when you're talking about building a roster, fans – Fans can tell, all right, this guy's talented, this guy's not. We don't understand maybe maybe the market and the salaries and all that. But one thing that's difficult because we're not we don't have that access is to know whether whether or not a guy is is high character. And it's not just being a good teammate, it's doing what you just talked about and what Kerry was talking about and the full commitment to playing defense, effort, you know, desire, all mm-hmm. that. Doing what is necessary not just for yourself to succeed but a team all that's hard to measure on the outside and it might be even hard to measure if you're if you're a general manager but i think when you were talking about that jamie one of the teams that excuse me came to mind was the jaguars the jaguars have been a bad bad team for a a while and you say well they got trevor lawrence and now things are fixed if you go back to last offseason they had a lot of cap space but they Uh didn't just start signing the top guys what they did was they found guys that actually wanted to play in Jacksonville. Uh-huh. They wanted to be that that were not miscast cast on, on other teams, but underrated. They weren't maybe as appreciated for their work ethic, for the fact that they, they're high character guys. Guys like Christian Kirk, guys like uh, Marvin Jones, guys like Foye Luakon, who's a, a local product here. He went to John Burroughs, who's a linebacker that they signed. Guys like that. That is one of the reasons on top of Trevor Lawrence's development, that the Jaguars made the playoffs this year. And, yeah, they may played in bad division and all that too, but they found high-character guys that wanted to be a part of something that was bigger than themselves. Yeah. So I think that's going to be a challenging part, but one of uh, crucial, a crucial things for Doug Armstrong this next offseason. Well, just look at the Detroit Lions, too. The Detroit Lions have Another zeroed in on guys who want to be a part of the, the solution, the process moving forward. Mm-hmm. You got guys that don't want to leave because even though their contract is up, they don't want to leave because right. they want to be a part of what's going on there. I'll see you next uh, training camp. Yeah, and that's how you, that's what you want. And look at there's no doubt that this has put two big spotlights on two very very good young players. Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo are two really good young players. But what has happened is they've been under the microscope heavily this year because you haven't had the support cast to help them either. They were able to operate in the shadows last year, year before, because you had Tarasenko, O'Reilly, all your big shot guys, right? Now they're thrust to the front of the line, and they're learning. They're learning about their own game. They're learning about their... Uh, work ethic. They're learning about their commitment to defense. They're compete level. They're learning that on the fly while your team is dismantling the roster mm-hmm. to acquire assets. So there are going to be some bumps in the road along the way. And I think this off season will be a great, great time for Thomas and Kyrou to take bigger steps towards becoming those complete players every day. That's Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. I was looking at an article today 
that had a, a list of players that could have, you know, prospects that could have breakout years, big seasons in 2023. And I fully expected to click on the article and one of the top names to be Jordan Walker. He didn't even make the list. What? Actually makes sense why. That, that list is crap. We'll tell you why next in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. So I clicked on an article by The Athletic this morning thinking that I was going to see Jordan Walker's name like right at the top. And it was a list of the 20 MLB prospects by uh, by our buddy. I just Keith saw Law. that. My God. Keith Law. Why does he hate the Cardinals? It's the 20 MLB prospects who should make the biggest impact yeah. in 2023. Yeah. And right at the top there, Corbin Carroll of the Diamondbacks. And he is is he's actually somebody that uh, is getting a lot of hype this offseason. Gunnar Henderson, the Orioles shortstop slash third baseman. He came up last year. I already played. I won't read the entire list. But I did not see Jordan Walker, guys. How's he not on the list? Well, is a tool. Yeah, well, you're not wrong, Janet. I eventually scrolled down to honorable mentions. And I got a better idea of why Jordan Walker didn't make the real list. As Keith Law writes, Alec Burleson and Jordan Walker, honorable mention, not on the top 20 because the lack of clear playing time right now with Tyler O'Neill and Lars Newpar, the probable starters in the corners as of right now. Hmm. It actually makes sense. Oh, stop. Well, I mean, Tyler O'Neill's playing center field, Anthony. You yeah. can throw this list right out the window. I agree Which, with Andrew on this one. What are you doing with Dylan Carlson? Putting him in the left field. Right. Yeah. Are we overlooking the fact that there might not be playing time initially for Jordan Walker? But we've said that, Anthony. We, we have, have. We have. We have. I don't think we've overlooked it. Have some. <clears throat> I think that the biggest thing that that I have said is that if Jordan Walker has a big spring training, that he'll find his way into the roster. But the two go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. So, as far as lack of playing time, well, yeah, you, you can't just sit here and go, oh, he's going to get playing time. How the hell do you know? Like, he's never even played AAA baseball yet, right. I don't believe. No, he hasn't. I, I, no. Like, at all. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't guarantee the kid anything. That's one of the reasons why I, I have maintained that I don't think he breaks camp with the Cardinals. I think it's I think it would be easy, unless he has, again, an Albert Pujols-like spring training in which case jordan walker will absolutely start on the cardinals big league team opening day barring that it's pretty subjective to say if jordan walker has a great spring training he'll make the team it's in the eye of the beholder what what is what is a great spring training look like that line could be anywhere and I think the bigger thing here is that the Cardinals are going to want to see, in my opinion, they're going to want to see Newpar Carlson and O'Neill for for a, at least a stretch of time. Maybe it's only a month. Maybe it's a month and a half. And then Jordan Walker comes up. But I think the fact that he hasn't played in AAA yet, coupled with the, the bigger point of the Cardinals wanting to see those three outfielders I just mentioned, 
will have Walker playing in Memphis to start the season, in my in my opinion, in my prediction. Yeah, I mean, that would make sense. It would, because why would you disrupt players that are playing well for non-consistent at-bats for your young star? No, it's, if he's up, he's playing. He's got to. That's right. what I said two days ago, right? I said yep. if he's up, he's playing. He's not, he's not a bench guy, because otherwise, why would you have him? You, you get Correct. him the reps in Memphis Correct. at that point. So I, I'm not completely <clears throat> shocked that he's not on that list. Um, but, you know. It's just another factor here. As we, as we get excited about Jordan Walker, and I am, it's just another thing to consider, though, about the Cardinals' spring training, how what their approach is going to be. And this is wind up being – I know that Mike Claiborne said it, I believe, on the opening drive. I know Claibs goes on the opening drive a lot. He had said – with Tyler O'Neill moving to center field, at least for right now, that this is really Dylan Carlson's kind of, I don't want to pair, I don't want to, uh, I'll paraphrase what he said. It's basically a big season now for, for Dylan Carlson. He's got to prove himself. Yeah, well, Dylan everybody Carlson. has to. James yeah, pointed sure. that out yesterday. That yesterday. Absolutely. But, but I, Dylan Carlson didn't start as a center fielder, so I don't I don't necessarily agree with Klaibs. Because Dylan Carlson started in right field. And then you moved him to center field because you traded Harrison Bader. It's not like right. he earned center field or he went and grabbed it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he kind of, by default, became your center fielder. So if Tyler O'Neill, for whatever reason, outperforms Dylan Carlson at center field, it doesn't mean he's off your team. No. Maybe he goes back to left field. Right. Like, I'm, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so I don't necessarily see the two go hand I, in hand. Because I, I've heard people say, oh, he's playing for his cardinal life. No. Yeah, he's 24. He's 24 years old, first of all. Second of all, if Tyler O'Neill is better in center field, it doesn't mean you cut Dylan Carlson or you trade him. Right. Just put him back where he started in the yeah. corners. Right. And, and I think till, I think anybody if anybody's fighting for their Cardinals life, it's got to be Tyler O'Neill. This is it. Yeah, I would say if he can't stay healthy and he can't produce, I mean, why? Just why? Mm-hmm. You know, why have him? Because it—, it I think this is his last year it is. of team control. This is his last year of arbitration. Of arbitration. Mm-hmm. So why would you pay out the ear hole for a guy that you don't have any confidence in or that you don't believe in? It's kind of all or nothing with yeah. Tyler O'Neill at this point from the Cardinals' perspective. You you either That's move why on. if he stays healthy, it's a big deal. Sure. Yeah, true. <laughs> Still not the best player on the team, though. <laughs> He's he's in his last year of arbitration. He becomes an unrestricted free agent at 29. The Cardinals, at the end of this thing, either sign him to a multi-year deal and make a full commitment, or they let him walk and he becomes somebody else's question. That's there's that's it. Yeah, I think of course. I, Tyler O'Neill's got to have a big year to get paid by this team, and maybe he still tests free agency. Maybe he says, you know what, I, I, I want to move on here. There's too many questions, didn't like the arbitration process, whatever, and O'Neal moves on. But this has kind of worked out with Tyler O'Neal that you didn't pay him coming off the big year. One, you would have been making a bigger commitment at that point because he was coming off a career year. Two, you couldn't find out what you did last year was that he still – as of right now, until proven otherwise, an un, an unreliable player yep. from an injury standpoint. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. All right, we got the gauntlet coming up next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. 
survive the gauntlet. Four hundred one. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler, with Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsh. I'm Anthony Stalter. Joe is our latest contestant in the gauntlet. What's up, Joe? Hey, what's up, Anthony? Not much, man. First timer? No, I've been on before. Okay. Oh, How'd you do? Oh, veteran. Uh, I lost and won. There was, I played Jamie's uh, random questions a couple of times, and I got screwed. So hopefully, uh, I could play him and take him out. Why'd you screw Joe, Jamie? I don't know. Why, why does Joe feel like I screwed him over? Is, I well, feel like this is sure personal, had, Joe. Well, I'm pretty sure he had a bottle of bourbon that night and wrote some questions. <laughs> and, uh, I got them. Only one? Day, so. That does sound... <laughs> that doesn't narrow down does which day right it was. was. Yeah. Does it, sound like you, Jamie. Yeah, yeah get the bourbon, uh, make the random questions, and then mm-hmm. just get on Amazon and yeah. play Amazon <laughs> yeah. Roulette to where the things show up for the next couple of days. You have no idea what you ordered. Who ordered this? Yeah. You did. It's a fun midnight. game. Kind you of. Drunk. I got a bearskin rug that way, Anthony. Yeah, you did. Yep. I, think, <laughs> I really did. I think those Speedo, the Speedos that you bought for... No, your... those were Stone Cold Sober. boy. All right, Joe. Who's uh, who's the who's the guy today? You want Jamie? You want Marsh? You want myself? Let's go right after Jamie. Son of a! Kind of saw that. We saw that coming, Jamie. Yeah, I knew it was personal. I told you it was. Yep. All right, Joe. Good luck, my man. You too, bud. Joe, are you looking for like sweet revenge? Maybe random today? Are you hoping for hockey? You know, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> not hockey. <laughs> no, not hockey. All right, that makes sense. All right, Joe, tell, tell Marsh to spin the wheel. We'll kick this thing off. Go ahead and spin that wheel, Marshy. All right. Joe says not hockey. Oh. <laughs> that was perfect. Yes. What do you think it is, Joe? Uh, I assume hockey. Nope. Random. It is All random right. today, so Marsh has given us the launch codes here for random trivia. Joe had just mentioned that Jamie kind of screwed him with some random trivia before when Jamie used to write all the random trivia. Now, Joe will take on Jamie in random trivia. If you need the options, Joe, as you know, those questions are worth one point, not two. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, question number one. According to the most recent census, which U.S. state has the lowest population? Uh, I'll take the options. Montana, North Dakota, or Wyoming? North Dakota or Wyoming? Uh, Wyoming. Final? Question number two. The average hen lays how many eggs per day? Oh, man. Um, options. One, two, or three? Uh, three. Final answer? Final answer. All right, Joe, question three. Astronomers recently discovered 12 new moons orbiting this planet that now has the most moons in the solar system. So which planet now has the most moons in the solar system with 12? Oh, uh, 
12 new moons, but again, most moons. Yeah, which planet? I'll go Jupiter. Final answer? Final answer. Final question for you. On a volleyball team, this player is required to wear a different color jersey. with options on that one is it the libero the captain or the setter uh I, I let's go with the setter final answer well everyone knows that <laughs> <laughs> all right joe let's call in jamie how you feeling uh not well not well, Anthony. <laughs> not, not great. <laughs> not well. All right, Jamie, back from the cone of silence right now in a huff. Yeah. How'd my guy Joe do here? Well, you better pack that lunch, Jamie. Son of a... All right, let's go. Hit it. What do you think the category is today, Jamie? Uh, 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 baseball. Hockey. No. Football. It's random. That's right. No, it isn't. It is. <laughs> God dang it. Sweet justice for Joe, potentially. <laughs> All right, here we go. Let's go. Jamie, question number one. Yeah. According to the most recent census, which U.S. state has the lowest population? The lowest population? Well, one would believe that it's probably Alaska. Let me think about this for a second. Because Hawaii's not very big either. But Hawaii's, is Hawaii a state? Yes. Okay. Rhode Island is small too, but Providence is pretty big. Hmm. If I ask for the options, I think you're going to give me Alaska, Hawaii, and Rhode Island. I think that's what I'm going to get. Oh, New Mexico too. Give me the options. Screw it. Good thing you asked. None of those. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Literally none of those states. <laughs> oh, my God. Option. Okay. Hit me. Montana. Yeah. North Dakota. Uh -huh. Or Wyoming. Wow. Wow. North Dakota is absolutely freezing, too. Can't imagine anybody going there because they want to. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> Marsh, where'd you go to school, huh, kid? I went to uh, North Dakota and Grand Forks, <laughs> North Dakota. Montana, you know, watching Yellowstone. There's a lot of open land out in Montana. I'll go with Montana. Final answer? Yeah. Question number two, Jamie. The average hen lays oh, how many God. eggs per day? Uh, options. One, two, or three? <sighs> the average hen. How big is the hen? It's average. I don't know. <laughs> Let's go with a mid. Let's go with a mid. All hen. right, I'll go mid. Two eggs a day. <laughs> Two final answer? Yes, please. Question number three. Jamie, astronomers recently discovered 12 new moons orbiting this planet that now has the most moons in the solar system. Uh, options. Saturn, Uranus, hey. or Jupiter? Well, I don't think... I mean, Uranus already has enough going on around it, so... Um, 
I think I'll go with... <laughs> I'll go with... Uh, no. Saturn. Final answer? Yeah, why not? What's so funny about Uranus? Yeah, Anthony. It's got I didn't that, laugh. Doesn't it have that gas ring around Uranus? No, that's... That's Saturn. <laughs> and you know that. On a volleyball team... <laughs> Question number four. On a volleyball team, this player is required to wear a different color jersey. Oh, that's the... Uh, that's in the middle. What do they call that person? The bumper? The setter? God dang it. I'll know it when I hear it. Go. Options, please. Is it the captain, the setter, or the libero? What the what? I don't know if they're the captain or not. They're always in the middle. In the back row. <laughs> they do that. Serve comes. Bump, set, spike. Yeah. Mm. Setter. Hmm. Hmm. I'm trying to think. Setter usually up near the net. Not always. Back row smash too. What was that third one? Libero. That just sounds stupid. I'll go with <laughs> Captain. Although I don't think that's right. Captain, final answer. Where's the first one with Setter? You have you have Libero, Captain, and Setter. The Setter is not always... No, I'll go with Captain. What the hell, why not? Final answer. Alright, let's go over this. Joe versus Jamie today. The wheel spun random. And bad. now Jamie, I think, is getting the uh, the feeling. <sighs> Of being a, a random contestant. Now. We got a we, we we got a text from the six three six. Pace of play is fantastic today. That was before Jamie stepped in the studio. Oh wow. Oh I, I absolutely geo Gallegos this thing to death. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Alright, let's go over these. According to the most recent census, which which US state has the lowest population? You guys both took the options. You had different answers though. Jamie, you went with Montana. Joe, you went with Wyoming. Correct answer is it's Wyoming. Joe is a one-point lead over Jamie. By the Sorry, way, Hawaii pants. is a state. Yeah, that's what I said. Well, the text line. You know. Oh, okay. Jamie said, "Is a little concerned for Jamie?" Oh, Jamie said, crap. "Is Jamie is Hawaii a state?" I said, "Yes, of course yes. it's a state." The average hen lays how many eggs per day? You guys both took the options. Joe, you went three. Jamie, two. Correct answer is it's one. One. One is the answer. Well, my hen's special. Mm. On a volleyball team, this player is required to wear a different color jersey. Jamie, you went captain. Joe, you went setter. Because, quote, everybody knows that. Correct answer is... It's libero. There you go. I should have picked the outlier. Mm. Stupid one. I discarded one. the stupid one. Yeah. So Joe's still up one nothing over Jamie. Final, final question. Which one was this? Oh, this was the one about Uranus, wasn't it? Yeah. That's right. Astronomers recently discovered 12 new moons orbiting this planet. That now has the most moons in the solar system. Joe, you did not take the options. You went Jupiter. A moon. What? Never mind. Jeez. Joe, <laughs> you didn't take the options. You went Jupiter, which was an option. Jamie, you went Saturn. Well, if Joe didn't use the options, I got a bad feeling here. If it's Saturn, we've got a walk-off. It's not Saturn. If it's Jupiter or Uranus, 
Joe's advancing tomorrow to take on Marsh or myself. I didn't know your anus had that many moons around it. Joe? You have chosen wisely. Of course he did. Correct answer is... It's Jupiter. Joe, three. Jamie, nil. I got shut out, man. Got I'm shut out. Got shut out. I quit. Uh, uh, Jay <laughs> again. You already again. Did. Joe, congratulations. You'll be back tomorrow. All right. Thank you. Good All job, right. Joe. Nice job, Joe. Jamie, uh, can, can I ask you a question? No. Can I ask it anyways? Okay. Were you prepared today? No. Nope. Okay. Really wasn't. Normally, normally Jamie, I mean, he, you walk in, you're focused, yeah. you're ready to go. This one, I felt like right from the get-go, when you start setting uh, options, it, it just, it's kind of a telltale sign. Yeah, you know what, Anthony? Uh, you're right. You're right. When I found out it was random, I was like, ah, I'm so Almost like you shut off your brain. I didn't really, yeah. I mean, I, I wanted to win, but I wasn't in the right frame of mind. Okay. You'll be better uh, next time. I believe in you. Got so, a text from the 636. It's actually pronounced Uranus. Uranus. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that's I don't how it's said. Nobody's no. ever called it that. Never heard no. that before in my life, it's, actually. It's your Or maybe anus. it's uh, Uranus. Uranus. Uranus? Uranus? Yeah. Uranus. Yeah. Either way. No, it's still, I thought for sure. Still funny. Answer, answer is still Jupiter. The, the answer is still Jupiter. There's no way Ryan O'Reilly resigns, right? Question mark. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. For Marner, throws it back in front of Riley, scores! Up for Marner, back for Riley, loose it for the backhand shot, scores! So Riley for the hatchet. Ryan O'Reilly, yes! Here come the Hats in Buffalo! Oh boy. Remember when the Blues got Ryan O'Reilly and everything's great in the world? Mm -hmm. Won yeah. a Stanley Cup, Marsh, remember that? Yeah. No, Ryan O'Reilly is a maple leaf. Ugh. He's going to bounce in the first round. It sucks. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Ryan O'Reilly scores a hat trick last night for said Leafs. He's on a nice. Uh, he's on a nice line. You got Jonathan Tavares and uh, of course Mitch Marner. That's nice up there in Toronto. No way he resigns with the Blues at this point, right? He's got a sweet <laughs> taste of that maple syrup, and now he's... he's that maple gonna... syrup on a stick, Anthony? Yeah, oh, man, he's just going to be a... Wait, oh, what? It's a new way to eat. You never had that? Maple syrup on a stick? Well, Marsh? yeah, Anthony, it's cold up there. You can freeze it. Yeah. You can. It's like a Are you sucker. talking about any stick or just... And the maple syrup, uh, mm -hmm. they harden it, too, mm -hmm. on the stick. Really? Yeah. It's interesting. I'd still it's take mine Anthony, on some have waffles or pancakes. But. Anthony, they had a ton of different stuff. You got crepes. You got poutine. Like tiny pancakes, those crepes. <laughs> um, They're delicious. Ryan O'Reilly, a couple things here. One, uh, there's still a, a chance. Obviously, there's a chance that he could come back to St. Louis and play for the Blues. But here's the obstacle that lies ahead uh, for the Blues if they – and we talked about this, the risk of 
trading Ryan O'Reilly and then crossing your fingers that he'd come back. The risk was that he'd fall in love with being a Toronto Maple Leaf. Right. Tough part about this is Ryan O'Reilly already loved the Maple Leafs growing up. The hometown kid, and he's quoted as saying that uh, he uh, always thought that playing for the Leafs as a hometown kid has always been something that he thought about but never thought would have ever happen. Well, now he's there. And um, they're throwing hats on the ice for his hat trick, which, by the way, was in Buffalo, not even in Toronto. And they were <laughs> raining hats down. <laughs> they didn't care. Well, the, Trump, the, the Leafs fans travel, okay? Mm-hmm. And Buffalo is a close destination. So they'll go to those games. And they rain down hats for Ryan O'Reilly on the road. Mm-hmm. This is going to be tough. Is that team- Just say it, Jamie. He's uh, gone. Well, he is gone. Anthony's in Toronto. He scored three forever. goals in the last night. I don't know about mm. forever. Never, ever say forever. Look at David Perron. Right? Right? He's gone forever, too, now. Well, we don't know that yet. Although their team's doing pretty good, too. Um, but no, Ryan O'Reilly, look at he, he went from, I was joking around with Marsh <laughs> earlier today. I'm just power through forever. this. Reminds me of Kent Murphy. And Ryan O'Reilly here. Uh, at one point, Brandon Saad, not, most of the year, Brandon Saad on his left wing, and at one point couldn't find a winger for him on the other side. And at one point, I had Josh Levo. No disrespect to Josh Levo, but it's not Mitch Marner. It's not John Tavares. Ryan Riley's playing on the line with two all-stars, two world-class players, two Olympians, two team – like the best of the best are on his wings right now. And Ryan O'Reilly scores three goals. And it it's going to be – Kind of like that for him. That team's full of offensive power, offensive punch. So if he has a good season, um, he, the the appetite for re-signing there would probably be pretty strong. Look at Mark Giordano. You know, that was a guy that was sought after last year at the deadline. And he re-signed in Toronto for 800000 He gave up on millions of dollars to stay in Toronto because he wanted to be a Maple Leaf. I'm not suggesting that Ryan O'Reilly will do the same thing. I don't know. But Ryan O'Reilly has made a lot of money in his career. And it doesn't mean he doesn't like money. But what if he loves being a Maple Leaf? Growing up as a kid, he's cheering for the Maple Leafs every Saturday night, hockey night in Canada, your Toronto Maple Leafs. Now he is a Toronto Maple Leaf. And he's having success with this. Now, what does it look like the first time he gets booed in Toronto? I don't know. I don't think it's happening. I don't think it will happen. Ryan O'Reilly's not a player that gets booed. Like, people that get booed in Toronto are the goalie. Oh, that's, I mean, <laughs> guaranteed on the goalie. And some of the goal scorers who can't score. But the guys who are blue. And Justin Hall. Well, yeah, he, yeah, he gets booed too. But, he's you know, he's not Ryan O'Reilly. Ryan O'Reilly will never get booed in Toronto. Just won't. Mm-hmm. He's a... Lunch pail kind of guy with tremendous offensive upside, too. We saw that last night. So the possibility of Ryan O'Reilly coming back to the Blues if he has a lot of success with the Toronto Maple Leafs, the percentage has probably uh, got a lot lower after he put on that jersey. Absolutely. I'm not even talking about the hat trick thing, okay? But once you get there, like being a Toronto Maple Leafs is an event. Like the, the whole country – and especially the city of Toronto. You're a Toronto Maple Leaf. And Ryan O'Reilly is their biggest acquisition via trade so far this year. 
Yeah. It's kind of tough. Like we said, he's gone forever. <laughs> this is what we know of Ryan O'Reilly. He loves maple he loves maple syrup, mooses, and the guy is very fond of leaves. He's done. <laughs> His favorite dinosaur, a raptor. Okay? His favorite bird, a jay of the blue variety. <laughs> it's done. It's over. Everybody clear on this? Yeah. So, anyways, congratulations to Ryan O'Reilly on a heck of a debut. He also had an assist last night. So Ryan O'Reilly only, only has five points in two games. No big deal. All right, Jeremy Rutherford's going to join Three us games. next. Oh, do we got a mic? Oh, we got a mic drop here from Randy. As much credit as I give Army for building this team and keeping a competitive team, I, I also think he has to take the blame for a lot of the mental state of this team this year, which is why I think they're performing so poorly. I mean, you let Petra Angelo go, you let Perron go. Based on Army's track record of signing people ahead of time, you pretty much knew you weren't going to sign O'Reilly, you weren't going to sign Tarasenko, and you expect everybody to be excited about it. You, you know, you let all the leadership on the team walk away and you expect good effort. I just don't think that's realistic. So I think he has to take this one on the chin and then see where he goes from here. Randy, you're not wrong. Give him a chance to fix it. That's how that's that's what I would say. You're not wrong. Give him a chance to fix it. He built multiple Stanley Cup winners at this point in his career, including the twenty nineteen team that didn't happen by accident or happenstance. You're not wrong. Give him a chance here. Give him a chance to fix it. This is a transition. All, even the best organizations in uh, sports have to go through a transition. The Cardinals and their how many consecutive winning seasons, they had to go through a transition too. They all have to. Comes for everybody. The Grim Reaper comes knocking on the door for every every wow. team. Well, mm-hmm. here's the thing that I'll say is, yes, every team goes through it. It's how you react to that that will really tell your fan base you know, how good you are at your job. So Army had to put the pieces kind of together to begin this journey of his here in St. Louis. Yep. Um, you know, he had a lot of really good young players to work with. So this is the very first time where it's kind of come to a fork in the road. And so far, he's gotten exactly what you wanted. He's accrued a ton of draft picks for a very strong draft class this year. Now, what does he do with that? Does he go the route of drafting the young players? Does he flip it for current players? What does he do via free agency? So, yes, to your point, this offseason will be Army's greatest challenge so far as GM or president of the St. Louis Blues. So I'm anxious to see what happens. We'll get Jeremy Rutherford's thoughts on that very topic next in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for the Rutherford Report on 101 ESPN. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. Time to talk to our guy, Jeremy Rutherford, with the Athletic. He's our Blues insider at J.P. Rutherford is where you want to follow him on Twitter with Jamie uh, Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. What's up, Jr.? Your anus. Yeah. Wait, mine or Jamie's? No, that's. I just want to let you guys know that's how you pronounce it. Your anus. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, Jr. would know. Yep. Hey, Jr. Ryan O'Reilly, he's not coming back, right? Ryan O'Reilly, is he coming back to St. Louis? Yeah. Uh, actually, it's a done deal, right? I have a, 
it's a done deal. Yeah, it's it's going to be a three-year deal. No. Uh, I uh, obviously worked on that story this past weekend when uh, Ryan O'Reilly was traded to the Toronto Maple Leafs. And talking to some people around uh, Ryan O'Reilly, they say that there would definitely be a chance uh, with one caveat. As Jamie Rivers said, that was before he put on that Maple Leaf. <laughs> so who knows if anything will change, but word for word, what I was told that is if Ryan O'Reilly had to put together a list moments after the trade of where he might go this coming off season, number one on his list would be St. Louis. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, Jr. Look, so much to try and unpack here when it comes to the current Blues situation. You know, now Timo Meyer, uh, that name has popped up all over the place. A lot of different people saying that the Blues are connected to that player. But in your opinion, like, there's no way the Blues trade for Timo Meyer if they can't get a deal done, right? Because, like, why would you do that? Yeah, you have to get a deal done. And we didn't dig too much into what type of deal or, or length of term or salary. You know, ballpark figures with Timo Meyer, you're definitely looking at uh, $9 million or, or plus. You know, his qualifying offer is 10 but I think if you give him that term six, seven, eight years, uh, you're not looking at $10 million. But here's the thing. You, any, any team, I think, especially New Jersey, has already told the San Jose Sharks if they get a deal with Timo Meyer that they want a, a long-term deal. I think that's what teams are going to be looking for, and it behooves Mike Greer and the San Jose Sharks get, to get that done because the return package is going to be better going back to the Sharks. Look, we wrote about it yesterday, but I think it's a long shot, especially when you look at the Blues cap concerns. you got a shade over $12 million next year, but that's only with 14 players on the roster. So you bring in a, a Meyer at $9 million. There's not enough room. You'd have to move a defenseman or two, which I know that's what a lot of Blues fans want Doug Armstrong to do anyway. But cap-wise, if you were even to put Timu Meyer into the equation, you'd have to move uh, some of that defensive salary. So what is next, JR, from the Blues standpoint as it, as it applies to the trade deadline? Well, I think the, the next one, the next domino is obviously Ivan Barbashev. When's that going to come? I think we probably could have seen uh, from the get-go that this one was probably going to take the longest because – uh, also told over the weekend that uh, Doug Armstrong was indeed asking for a first-round draft pick for Ivan Barbashev, which makes sense. Why not? He's the unicorn. He's the player out there that could help a lot of these contenders. He's got that championship, uh, that Stanley Cup with the Blues in 2019. He can slide up the lineup. He can PK. He can power play. He can do all kinds of stuff. And it's $2.25 million. So some of these teams up against the cap are probably going to still need some financial relief, whether the Blues have to return, retain salary or not. They still have a slot. You get three uh, slots where you can retain salary. They've done it with Tarasenko. They've done it with O'Reilly. They can do it for Barbashev, but the return has to be right. So I think he's going to be next, but whether that comes tonight, tomorrow, or, or in the hours before March 3rd, uh, I think we'll see it happen. JR, there's a lot of buzz right now around the name Colton Pareko. And, you know, I, not just from Blues fans, because obviously Blues fans, you know, a lot of them, as you know, the text line here in the studio, as you know, is very active. And a lot of people, I don't imagine that, a lot of people want to trade Colton Pareko. I've tried to explain that it's a little more difficult than just get, you know getting rid of a player. He's got a no trade clause, and he's also got, what, eight years left or seven years left on his deal. And, you know, a lot of teams may not have room for that. But 
do you see a scenario where Colton Pareko does get moved? And if so, you know, what teams out there could you see getting involved in that? And what could he bring back? Yeah, I do see a scenario where the Blues could move or try to move Colton Pareko. You know, I think if you look at the defensive contracts and the play and the situations, Pareko's name has come up a lot. Krug's name has come up a lot. I feel pretty confident in saying Doug Armstrong wants to move one of those defensemen uh, you know, this offseason. But it's going to be tough, and you said the reason why. There's seven years left on that Colton Pareko deal. I do think there would be interest around the league. I'm not saying there'd be 10 teams, but there might be two or three that would be interested. Frank Cervelli from the Daily Faceoff mentioned Ottawa yesterday in his podcast. He walked that back a little bit today by saying that Ottawa's going through the uh, ownership change, which won't be done before the trade deadline, obviously, which leads uh, most people to believe that a move like that for Colton Preco wouldn't get done before the March 3rd trade deadline. I have never been of the belief that a deal like this with the term on the contracts of these defensemen could get done by March 3rd. I think that Army's probably put out word that he would like to move uh, one or, or so, and I think there's been some nibbling and some interest, but I think that's the type of deal that's going to take into the summertime uh, to get done. We're chatting with our Blues insider Jeremy Rutherford in the fast lane on 101 at ESPN. JR, how quickly, given the cap space that the Blues have, but when it comes to the defense and some of the limited, I mean, they got they got resources certainly too with the draft, but a lot of money being paid to the top four defense. Defense. When you look at Doug Armstrong, what the moves he could make, what's available this offseason, do you think that this could be a quick transition, or do you think that this is more of a long-term project for him? I do because in his mind, he wants it to be quick, and he's an aggressive GM who's got a track record of making some pretty uh, good deals, some deals that you didn't think were possible. But there's two things. There's, there's the other team has to be a willing trade partner, and also, I, I do think that it's harder to move money in today's NHL than it was just three or four years ago. Obviously, the pandemic, the flat cap has had a lot to do with that. But I just think a lot of teams are more stingy about taking on that money, unless you're in a situation like Arizona, Bill Armstrong, where they're taking a bunch of draft picks to, to kind of hold your money. So I think that uh, Doug Armstrong is going to be aggressive. He's going to make the calls. That's why we're hearing all these names pop up, Krug and Pareko and so on and so forth. Uh, because there's a little bit of smoke there. And, and again, going back to this past weekend, when, when you make phone calls for stories, you hear uh, things that you might not have heard otherwise. And what I heard from a few people was that uh, they, they believe that Doug Armstrong is really trying to do some business leading up to the deadline and this summer, and that they felt this roster would look, I don't want to say a ton different, but significantly different than next season. And if you watch Doug Armstrong walk out of the press box after each of these losses, and he knows that a lot of things get done, you know, you would see right there with your two eyes that this looks like a guy who wants to, to change things quickly. So I think that's why he pulled the trigger on the, on these deals three weeks ahead of time. He got a significant haul. And now I think he's going to use this draft pick as leverage to change this around quicker than, than some teams take. JR, the name Jacob Chikrin has just been lingering around uh, for a season and a half now. And I thought that we were ready to just put that to bed. There's no way Jacob Chikrin would become a St. Louis Blue. And I just kind of turned the page. 
Well, his name is back again in the rumor mill of being somebody that, you know, the Blues could go acquire. Do you see that actually happening? And if so, like, what's the pivot on that one? Yeah, I'm with you. I felt like that ship had sailed. I didn't think we'd be talking about his name much anymore, but I think a couple things. One is that he never got moved, obviously, so Arizona did not get uh, at that time what uh, they were trying to get, and then that's a good reason because that price tag is significantly high. That's why we heard uh, the Blues kind of disappear from that picture because Doug Armstrong checked on it. It's too high. No thanks. Looks like a deal's going to get done with Arizona and L.A. That doesn't get done, Riv. And now you get a situation where he's still sitting there and available. And, oh, yeah, by the way, now look what the Blues have to offer the Coyotes. What do the Coyotes want? They want picks, so on and so forth. So I don't think that Jacob Chikrin is number one or two on the Blues priority list. I think that they're going to continue to to try to do some things uh, that could put them in, in better position. If that comes down to changing out defensemen and Jacob Chikrin coming in and the price tag is a little bit more appealing than, than what Doug Armstrong uh, wants, then I think you could see something. Uh, but I do agree with you that that name has kind of, uh, once it's gone away, it, it's back. And I think it is a possibility, depending on the other A, B, and C options that Doug Armstrong checks off his list. Jared, great stuff. Good information, man. We uh, will we'll certainly be following you at The Athletic for uh, more articles like the one about Ryan O'Reilly, but I encourage everybody to check that out. Uh, part of uh, Jared's collection now as we get uh, closer and closer, unfortunately, to the Blues offseason. Uh, Jared, appreciate it, man. Thank you. All right. Thanks, guys. Sports Six Pack is next. You got a question for us here. Comfort Service text line is 314-399-9646. Again, Sports Six Pack next in the Fast Lane. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I have a question. It's time for the Fast Lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Answer the question. Answer the question. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer me! The Sports Six Pack is refreshed by Schlafly Beer, the original St. Louis craft brewery. All right, time for the Sports Six Pack. Again, 314-399-9646 is the Air Comfort Service text line. Question number one. From the 314, do you think there is a chance that Moises Gomez makes it to the big leagues before Jordan Walker? Uh, no, I I don't. I, I mean, I well, look, there's always a chance, right? But I don't think that he would be called up before Jordan Walker unless it's just for a kind of a cup of coffee before he gets sent back down. But in terms of giving a shot to play full-time, I think that's going to be Jordan Walker. Yeah, I would agree with that. So, like, defying called up, right? Called up because it's a situation that maybe there's a couple of injuries that are short-term injuries, and you don't really know if you're going to actually use a guy. You just kind of need a guy to be on the bench. Mm-hmm. I could see him being called up before Jordan Walker because why would you call up Jordan Walker if it's just a short period of time you're not even sure you're going to use him? Right. Right? Um but I think if it's a true call-up to play, I think Jordan Walker gets the call first. Question number two. From the 636, Jamie, Uh-oh. where can we get a Synergy hockey shirt? I don't see them on your website. Yeah, no, we don't sell them. We don't what? sell them. Uh, maybe we'll start, but here's the reason why. Uh, if you go and you look up SynergyHockeySkills.com, or Synergy Hockey on Google. It'll take you to the website. We have uh, what I 
I like I like our logo. I like the branding we have. But something unique about this branding, Anthony, has a blue note yeah, right, right there. there. The team, the Blues, St. Louis Blues, actually signed off on me being able to use the official blue note that's trademarked from the team, which is a big deal. Now, <clears throat> the agreement consists of the fact that I can't sell these T-shirts. Uh, well, I saw Anthony on, you know, scalping well, shirts. Hey, 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 Marsh. Hey. I was wondering why you asked for 10. Make a quick <laughs> buck there, dude. Um, yeah, so the, uh, which is for obvious reasons, the Blues sell everything with their logo on it for their own revenue, and that revenue has to be reported to the league and, you know, all that stuff because of the current salary cap and things like that. Uh, not that the T-shirts would push them over the goal line, but also, again, why would you risk it over T-shirts type right. thing? Mm, yeah. So uh, we uh, are allowed to have the note on the T-shirt or on the jerseys we give kids for camps and things like that, but uh, not allowed to sell it, which I'm fine with. Hmm. From the, oh, I'm sorry. Question number three. Almost jumped the gun. <laughs> well, I did jump the gun. Uh, from the 314, what needs to happen for the cards to make a deep run this year? There, you got a lot well, of guys that have to prove something. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I think I think the the most the the guys with kind of the the we'll call them pendulum pendulum players. Jamie, I'm going to make this up right now. Pendulum players. Okay. okay. What does that mean, Anthony? Well, for me, it means the the players that can swing your season one one side mm, or the other. Swinging right. Well, hopefully it, they it can be, swing. Well, okay, yeah, you took it too literally. I mean, if you you think of a pendulum, right? Mm -hmm. Swinging back and forth. Back and, back and forth. And going forth both ways. Forth, right. So one, one side of the pendulum could be injuries, not productive, whatever. Yeah. The other side of the pendulum could be the highest up, the highest of upsides. Tyler O'Neill, pendulum player. Jack Flaherty, pendulum player. The high floor, Jack low floor ceiling. Jack Flaherty doesn't swing, though. There's the DH, Anthony. They changed the rule last year. You don't watch the games. Juan Yepes, I think, is a pendulum player. Mm. Nolan Gorman, Lars Newpar. Tyler O'Neill. Right. Damn you, January 7th. <laughs> Dylan Carlson, he's a switch hitter. <laughs> no, again, guys, you're taking by? it too, too that literally. That changes it. That group of players, you're, you're going to need you're gonna need one or two of them. To vastly outproduce uh -huh. the expectations that uh, that we have. I agree. You're also going to need to trade for a legit number one slash number two starter. Preferably, you have two of those guys, but that that's very difficult to swing at the deadline. Mm -hmm. Again, different from when I was talking about the pendulum swing. Back and forth. Yeah, reminds mm -hmm. me of the Joker ride from Six Flags. Oh yeah. Yeah. More like the pirate ship. Remember that one? Pirate ship. Oh, yeah, I remember that. that yeah, one, go up. Literally goes up. Well, that's yeah, the that's the that. Joker. Is that the Joker now? Oh, they call it the Joker? Well, it was when I used to go to Six Flags. Maybe they changed it. I remember the boat, for sure. <laughs> it's my boat now. It <laughs> sure is, Anthony. It sure is. Question number four. From the 314, would the Blues be in this situation... If there wasn't an expansion draft twice in the past five to six years. Um, hmm. Well, who'd you lose? You lost Vince Dunn. You lost David Perron. David Perron. But you got David Perron back. Right. Um, no, I, I mean, I think it, I don't think anything changes. For me, for me, the expansion drafts uh, have nothing to do with where the Blues are at right now. For me, it, it comes down to... One big piece that 
blocked. He's in Vegas now? Yeah. And again, I, it's not pointing the finger that Army let him walk. What if Petro just pushed the envelope? And, and we don't know exactly what the final offers were from each side. Sure. So either way, for me, that was a franchise player. And he walked out the door and a lot changed at that moment. We're getting uh, insight uh, and some insider information from the text line. The 314 and the 636 uh, chiming in saying that the ride was called the Buccaneer. Yeah. Was it? The Buccaneer, and now it is called the Joker. Oh, okay. Uh, there so you go. We're, we're both we're right. We're both right. Yeah. How about that? Interesting. The Buccaneer. That sounds like a fun ride. It certainly does. It's probably why it's Jamie's favorite ride. Big fan of the Buccaneers. He used to be. Used to be. Yeah. Oh. Now that I've deleted He has denounced them. Are you only a Lions fan now? No, I still Patriots fan. Okay. I still like the Patriots. Different fan. conferences. You've completely cut out your middle team. Yeah. Gone. 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 You've you've got yeah. You've got the firstborn. I was extremely disappointed and the youngest in the middle stuff. child and said, That's it. I'm <laughs> done with you. Goodbye. And then I moved. Okay. Never gave me the address. To do that a couple times, probably when they most need you too. Well, they should have been better. <laughs> they should have kept Tom Brady forever. Yeah. Question number five. We got a mic drop about this earlier, but uh, you know, I te- I told this texter I would you know, I would ask the question. Oh, and it involves God. it involves Army, but uh, do you still have trust in him to turn this thing around after some of the decisions that have somewhat hurt the organization? What yeah. about the decisions that yeah. helped the organization? Right. <laughs> like it, it, it's with with a GM or a president of hockey slash baseball operations, whatever it is, you're going to have great decisions that work out, and you're going to have some that bite you. That's the nature of the beast. It's it's literally. A job that you can't always be successful at it because something always happens. Mm-hmm. So do I have trust in army as of right now? Yeah, I do. He's never been through this yet. So let's see how he reacts. Right. And so I'm not going to sit here and base a couple of misses per se and say, well, boy, I don't trust army anymore. Really? 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 You didn't like Ryan O'Reilly when you got him? When right. you fleeced the Sabres at the time? At Tage the time. Thompson, they, Buffalo didn't even want Tage Thompson at the time. Now, I know things have changed, but were you angry then? No. Were you angry when you when he fleeced the Flyers and gave them Laterra and got Shan back? No, you weren't angry with that. In defense of the Flyers, who would have known that Laterra, you know, turned out the way he did? Well, a lot of people, oh. Anthony. Oh. Um, oh, you mean on the ice? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, uh... Yeah, interesting. But either way, I until I'm given full reason to believe that Army is not going to make the right decisions, I have no choice but to trust him. Jamie and I both. Jamie and I are both on record as saying we think that th- the destruction here really ties back to if you want to if you want to pull the thread and say let's really uncover what has gone wrong here. The starting point was was Petro. That was the starting point, and then the ripple effect happened. Okay, however. I'll bring up David Perron because everybody was ticked off about David Perron, that decision to not to give him a contract and he winds up in Detroit and the whole Nick Letty conversation. Let's let's keep in mind that some of you, not not every blues fan, but some of you were furious 
furious that Doug Armstrong brought back David Perron the third time. You thought, this is it. This is the big move. That was the same offseason that he got O'Reilly. Correct. I mean, in a matter of, I think, a week, Uh he traded for O'Reilly. Maybe maybe my timeline is off. But I remember distinctly doing radio in St. Louis, and people were furious. Why are you giving Perron another chance? And now, and look, helps helps you win a Stanley Cup. Became a massive fan favorite. There's a lot more hits than misses. Show me a GM or a president that has had zero misses, and I'll show you one that like just got into place. Yeah, he hasn't had a chance. He hasn't yet. had a chance to mess <laughs> up yet. Yeah. They've all got him. I know you think the Houston Astros have only made great moves. They had two massive misses at the top of the draft. Mark Appel and some dude I can't remember the name now. Massive misses. We remember what? The hits and, of course, the the championships. Uh And I certainly remember the, the 19 championship that Doug Armstrong helped build. So to Jamie's point, let's let's give him a shot here. All right, that's your sports. Uh, what did we make there, Marsh? We got five. Five. Questions. five that's solid. Yeah. You don't absolutely. want another one. No. You did yesterday. No. You know what? Uh, we'll save it for the biggest question of the day. It's okay. a great. It's a great compromise. Or you know, leave us a mic drop, and uh, we'll do the biggest question of the day coming up at five thirty. How important is Baruby in this transition? We'll talk about that next. Well, he can't play anymore. No, Jamie. <laughs> We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Five hundred five. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. One of one of the aspects that we haven't talked about with the Blues yet, Jamie. We've spent a lot of time talking about what what moves Doug Armstrong will make. Now, you know, break it down. What what he what he got. Uh, what it could mean in the future when it comes to the draft picks. Ivan Barbashev and who he could potentially be playing for in the next couple of weeks. One one person we haven't talked about is the head coach here, Craig Berube. I think becomes just as important in this transition as as Army. And, and people are well aware of this, but when Craig Berube, before he led our Blues to the Stanley Cup, he was coaching the Chicago Wolves, dealing with young players, yeah. helping them develop. He has a ton of experience working with young players. And, Jamie, when you're looking at Craig Berube's role in this transition, I think it's just as, again, just as vital as, as Army's bringing in, I'm sure, a mix of veterans and and young guys. But he gets to do what he did back then, really. When he when he was named the interim head coach, the first thing he did was he, he tried to reestablish the culture, talk to players directly, firmly, gain their trust, gain their, gain their respect, so that when he had to make difficult decisions, they, they knew it was for the, for the betterment of the team. Well, that is essentially what he's going to be doing again from this point moving forward, yeah, in Craig, my opinion. Craig Bruby has the toughest job of anyone. He really does because Army goes out and builds a team. Here you go. My job's done. 
I know that's not the way Army treats it because Doug is very involved in the day-to-day operations of the team. <clears throat> he knows what's going on at all times, trust me. But Craig Berube has the job of blending it all together. Mm-hmm. You got me players X, Y, and Z. Okay, here's how we think we're going to use these players. Here's what we think they're going to do. What if it's a little different? What if you got to pivot? What if there's certain things you didn't know about said player or you're learning about said player? That's the coach, man. Yeah. The coaching staff, for that matter. But Craig Berube is at the top of the food chain. He is the head coach. So at the end of the day, his decision is the final one on what goes on. So I think his his role in this is massive. It's massive because he's going to be getting a lot of new faces in that lineup. Why do we know that? Look at the roster right now. Look at the roster. It, it's full of – I don't want to. Well, Anthony, that's not nice. It's full of players that probably won't be here next year. Ivan Barbashev probably won't be here next year unless he decides to come back. It's a possibility, okay? But let's just assume that he's been traded and he signs somewhere else. Barbashev's gone. Sammy Blay's unrestricted. You've got Matthew Highmore, Josh Levo, Tyler Pitlick. Like, all of these guys are unrestricted free agents. So you're going to have a lot of new faces, and you don't have Teresinko, and you don't have O'Reilly. So for me, Craig Berube is instrumental in the rebuild, retool, reshuffle of this team. What I love about Craig Berube is that he never changes. Mm-hmm. He'll be on a seven-game winning streak, and he's going to continue to preach the same things as if he's on a seven-game losing streak. It doesn't change based on the success of the team, which is great because you always know exactly then what the what the requirements are for yep. you as a player. Now, one thing that Chief is really good at is communication. And the other thing he's really good at is not losing his mind, which is hilarious because I played against the man. His eyes rolled in the back of his head and he looked like a damn great white shark when he got <laughs> mad. And it happened a lot. Honestly, he was... Dull black eyes. He just stare right through your soul, and he like. But he's not like that as a head coach at all. Sometimes I wish he was a little bit more. Which maybe behind closed doors he gets a little more heated. I don't know. We're not privy to that. But from what the players tell me, is that he's always very straightforward with his communication, and the message never changes. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Just the way it is. It's very matter of fact. So if we're talking about Craig Berube and you know his role in this team moving forward. He's got to continue that. And I think I think there are a lot of coachable moments going on right now for obvious reasons. But I also feel like Coach, can he can also continue to evolve. Craig Bruby is not opposed to changing things, right? He broke into the NHL as a head coach or as a coach with the Philadelphia Flyers, became a head coach. Then he was off to do other things. Then he came back, kind of refigured things out in Chicago in the American Hockey League. Learned to talk to young players. Not that learned, but adjusted to some of the younger player mentality. He brought that to St. Louis as an assistant coach and then moved on to the head coach. He's constantly evolving as a coach. This, right now in this offseason, he's going to have to evolve again because you've got some young players now, and it's not just coaching anymore. You're coaching the player and the contract, too. You are. You've got a whole defensive core that's on long-term deals as far as your top four are concerned. How do you coach that? How do you have the demands? How do you hold them accountable? You got a couple of young forwards are making big bucks. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? 
So Craig Berube and the staff are going to have to evolve once again and learn how to, you know, hold their hand to the fire in certain ways. And then also at the same time, pat them on the back for other things. It's, it's literally like parenting. It is. You have to know when to discipline and you have to know when to encourage. And sometimes it's, you've got three kids. I've got four kids. Every child is different yeah. than the other. So imagine you have 25 guys in the locker room that are all different. And they all think that they should be playing more. They all feel like they don't make the mistake that you're accusing them of making. You have to communicate. And that's why setting a, a standard in place, one generic like standard of play, standard of operation, right. that's important. That's why the compete always gets brought up with Craig Berube. Why? Because that's what we do. We compete. I don't care. I don't care about how your day is going. I don't care that you got in a fight with your wife. I don't care that the kids are mad at you. I don't care. You come to the rink and you compete. That is our message here. And so now Craig Berube's going to have to evolve as a coach again and as a person and figure out how does he get that from all different types of personalities with all different types of contract, meaning dollar-wise and term-wise. And that's the challenge of a head coach especially with a team that's going through a rebuild, retool right now, is you've got guys that are extremely established. You'll have some guys that have are not established. You have young players that are going to be given opportunity that you have to be patient with because they don't understand, you know, the, the, the dynamic of you're the head coach and you're going to get blamed if we're no good. Right. Now, Army's done a great job of letting the public know, and the media especially, that Craig Bruby's not on the hot seat. But if we're in the same spot next year at Christmas time, I don't know. I love Craig Bruby. I wouldn't fire him. I wouldn't get rid of him. I think he's a great coach. I know he's a fantastic human being, but it doesn't change the fact that you need to win hockey games. So Craig Bruby's got his hands full from right now until the beginning of next season. And then he's even got his hands more full once the season starts because the results have to be there too. Well, you're right, Jamie. He's a fantastic human being. He's a fantastic coach. But if the message is not being received by the players, then that that is when that is when Army has to make a difficult decision. Well, this is why don't... it's happening now, though, Anthony. Right. This is why Army made the choice. Okay, he could have fired the coach, could have, and held on to all the players, and said that was the problem. But he didn't. What right. he did was he supported his coach, which he should have done in this case, and now the players. That the player movement is started. Mm-hmm. So now the players have been, we'll call it air quotes, blamed for what's going on right now. Now the new players that come in, the coach has to get the results. If not, you cannot continue to just shuffle the deck of players. That's why it's difficult for a head coach sometimes because even though you're doing your job, um, if the results aren't there, you know how that works. Yeah. Yeah. That's Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. I, I clicked on an article today, and I said, what idiot wrote this? This is so stupid. Well, you know, now that I think about it. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
was reading The Athletic. It was one of these uh, these pieces, Jamie, where they go back in time. doesn't really matter, but it's just kind of an interesting look at a, a, a draft that really reshaped things, I think, in the NFL to some degree. But it was the 2020 draft in the NFL, uh-huh. and it was a redo. So you read you redo the draft. You kind of figure out, all right, what what would happen if 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 every team has a redo? That draft, if you remember, was the one that the Bengals had the number one overall pick, and the player Jamie that they selected was none other than LSU quarterback Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. Worked out pretty has worked out pretty well for them, I would say. Joe Burrow is not the player, though, in this redo that the Bengals draft. What? what? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, hang on. Do you, do you watch football, Anthony? I do. Okay. Um, have you seen the Bengals last two years? I have. Pretty good. Yeah. Um, who's doing that with no offensive line other than Joe Burrow? Well, I wouldn't think, uh, I wouldn't think many, Jamie. But the player... That they have the Bengals selecting in this don't redo. Tell me, don't tell me Zach Wilson. <laughs> no, he's a, that's a different draft. <laughs> no, it is another quarterback. Which though. which draft? 2020. 2020. Yep. I already forgot who's in that draft. I, I, did, I did one of these when I read it. I go, what? Are you sitting? Ah, well, ah, ah. It at least gave me pause. I still wouldn't have done it. But it gave me pause. Okay. Yeah, it is a quarterback. Come on, boys. I don't know who's in that draft. I mean, I give me a second. What, what other quarterback? Hold on. Before you go diving into Google, what other quarterback would at least give you pause? Patrick uh, younger Mahomes. Younger guys? <laughs> Mahomes. Yeah, he drafted, I think, uh, Tom Brady. 2018. Tom Brady was drafted in yeah, I know. 2000. I know this, Anthony. My oh, God. Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert. Who hasn't won a playoff game. Correct. Yeah. Folded like a cheap suit. <laughs> Who wrote this article? Would at least would it at least give you pause? No, 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 None. not even close. We were just comparing Joe Burrow to Pat Mahomes, who has two Super Bowls, two Super Bowl MVPs, just won the MVP this year, and Justin Herbert. No, who can't even win a playoff game? Well, first of all, that, I mean, it hardly Justin Herbert's fault that the that the uh, is it though? Chargers collapsed in Jackson. The offense didn't do that much. No, but it certainly wasn't all on him. Don't get me wrong; he is a great quarterback. Great quarterback. You guys wouldn't even pause. You know, you know how good Justin be- Herbert is. Anthony, no. he wouldn't have even started unless some doctor put a, a needle a, through, a needle yeah, through yeah, yeah, Tyron yeah. Taylor's good, chest. And good thing he did, or else we wouldn't have <laughs> Justin Herbert. Sick human being. I mean, come on. Okay, so in fairness here, so, so for discussion purposes, yeah. on this, okay, out of. All of the other picks in that draft, yes. I one. Let me clarify. It doesn't. I don't even pause on this. I take Joe Burrow again in a heartbeat. I but, would too, but I would pause. But I wouldn't pause at all. Okay. But all right, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Justin Herbert, I mean, has really turned heads as a fantastic young quarterback in the NFL. He's a stud. But you also have to look at Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is that franchise right now. He is that like Joe Cool yep. has become the brand mm-hmm. for the Cincinnati Bengals, and let's just be honest. Last year he had less than an offensive line. 
He didn't even have. I think they played one guy short. They're on the penalty kill <laughs> on the offensive line last year. Not this Where's past season. Where's our left guard? We don't have one. Not this season. It just went by the year before, yeah. where Joe Burrow got sacked more than anybody in the history of the NFL. Right. And last year it was slightly better, but still not great. I don't know if Justin Herbert is doing that with that offensive line. So, I don't really have a pause for that. I don't. If if Joe Burrow wasn't as good as he really is, if he didn't bring his team to a Super Bowl and then bring them all to the brink again, yeah. maybe I would be like, well, you never know. Sure. Justin Herbert has played well. He has. Mm-hmm. But then you got to look at Joe Burrow and say, man, so look this, what he's done. So this is the converse. This is this is a conversation for this. It's another stratosphere. OK, I'm not comparing the two. When you go back and think about the most talented quarterbacks in the 80s and early to mid 90s. OK, who are you thinking of? 80s 80s like you know 85 to 95 or so or 80 82 to 95 or so the 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 best quarterbacks in the league most talented and best who are you thinking of marsh it might be a little more difficult for you because you weren't i was gonna alive. throw out two names like, you just you can say yes okay you can take it or you can you can throw it right back yes. i'm gonna say dan the man dan marino uh-huh. and troy aikman no so no not in that no we got, he would absolutely No, he wouldn't that. be. Think about Joe Steve Montana. Young. Steve Joe Young. Mon- so Joe Montana would be the one that I was thinking of okay. first. Steve Young. Am I a little too early with, with or a little too late with Dan Marino? You're spot on with Dan Marino. I just, you, John I, Elway. You, you cru- John Elway was another one. You, cru- you, you crushed my you're point. Saying, you're saying Justin Herbert's Dan Marino, aren't he you? He could be. Because he, he, he might not win ever. You can't hold the Dolphins' lack of success against Dan Marino from, like, judging him as a quarterback. Dan Marino's one of the best quarterbacks in ever, Bob. Yeah. Didn't win, though. Didn't even get back to the Super Bowl after his rookie year. Like, if you're thinking of, like, top quarterbacks in the 80s, 90s, that's who I was thinking of first. I was thinking of Montana, Elway, because of the titles. I think Aitken's in the conversation, but he's further down Joe the list. McMahon. Jim, Jim, Jim Kelly. McMahon. Yeah, Jim, 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 Jim McMahon. Uh, Jim Kelly, absolutely. Yeah. You mentioned another one that I, th- I think is highly underrated in Steve Young, but he comes off the Joe Montana era. and Yeah. I mean, Steve Young was one of the Steve Steve Young, one of the most mobile quarterbacks that you know successful mobile more mobile quarterbacks. But you don't think of him that way. But Dan Marino was an absolute stud. But you hold it against him that he didn't win a he didn't win a Super Bowl. Yeah. So I think we're right now at a much lar- a much smaller scale. I think we're we're considering we're not are even you considering comparing Justin this. Herbert to Dan Marino. Of, no, not yet. But what my point what is, my point is. When we think about Burrow, and you guys are saying I don't even pause, it's because of the success the team has had, too. No, but the team's only success has become because of him. Only? Their success has been because of Joe Burrow. What did they do the year he got hurt? They sucked. What did they do the following year? They went to the damn Super Bowl with, with an offensive line that was awful. Let's do this, then. You ready? Let's do this. Let's be doing? fair. I hate when he does this. Crap. Let's be fair. Go ahead. Zach Taylor or Brandon Staley? Zach Taylor. Thank you. Well, yeah, but uh, oh, now the only success that oh, hold on the hold only on. success Joe Burrow's have is because of his coach. 
You said that, what? not me. No, this literally what, what were you referring Coaches to? Coaches put their players <laughs> in the best position well, let me, to win. Let me just look at the scoreboard. Bengals won, Chargers nothing. The Bengals defense or the Chargers defense? Chargers. Come on. Jamie, play the game right. <laughs> the Bengals. Honest, not even really? right. Honest. Play the, the game Bengals. honestly. The Bengals. The Bengals. I'm looking. 2-0 now. Joe Mixon. This is stupid. How is it stupid? It's stupid. You're saying that you're Joe si- Mixon or Austin stupid. Eckler? All you're saying, all you're saying is that Joe Burrow is the only reason the Bengals have had success. No, he the is. Bengals have had a better team too. Okay. You, it, it, I'm sorry. This game doesn't make sense to me because I'm still trying to play the game, Anthony. All right, fine. You Thank guys, you, Marsh. You guys go play with yourselves. Fine. I would take Joe Burrow too, but I think we're we're underestimating how bleeping good Justin Herbert is. That's all I'm saying. I'm not. I'm not at all. You said you would even pause. I wouldn't. Not even pause. Because it's Joe Burrow. Burrow. That's right. <laughs> You're being called Anthony Bayless. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> that's horrible. That's, that's horrible. Hey, that's fine. First of all, again, gotcha. I'll say it for a third time. I would still take Joe Burrow because <laughs> Joe Burrow has the it factor. I would pause, though. It gave me pause because that's how good Justin Herbert is. You know that what? You should have had pause before you said anything that you said this segment. Okay. Let's not get personal, Jamie. <laughs> Justin Herbert processes information better than any young quarterback in the league, not named Patrick Mahomes. Better than Joe Burrow? Yeah. Wow. How do you know that? How do I know that? Look uh, at his reads. Part of the reason Joe Burrow takes a lot of sacks, too, is because he hangs in the pocket well, and he gets a lot of credit for that. Courage. Processing information, too, is, is a huge aspect. Pre- post-snap reads. Justin Herbert, out of all the young quarterbacks, is the best I've seen. Post-snap. Joe Burrow is gritty as hell. Great player. Probably win an MVP. Probably win a Super Bowl at some point. But let's not call Justin Herbert trash, Jamie. I didn't call him trash. No, you did. I heard Mm -hmm. it. It was implied. By the way, uh, fun fact from the 314, there's only one stratosphere, Anthony. Uh, unless you count the one around Uranus. That's true. No, that's a good point. It's a fast lane on 101 it's ESPN. The biggest question of the day is next. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for the Fast Lane's biggest question of the day. With Jamie Rivers and Anthony Stalter, what do you got, Marge, for the biggest question of the day? All right, this one came from the Air Comfort Service text line. You okay there, Jamie? Yeah, biggest question of the day is Anthony's attitude. It really is, if we're being honest. We also have another. (laughs) Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so the actual biggest question of the day is uh, this one comes from the 573. Why is Jamie always so damn negative? What? No, I'm sorry. That wasn't the five real. from the 573. No shocker there. That guy hates me. <laughs> that guy hates me. As much as Janet loves you. Yeah, 573 hates me. 573. I love it. I love that area. Maybe it's somebody that you've got mm. issues with. Could be a group, too. No, Could I would be multiple five seven threes. Uh, anyways the real question of the day from the 314 who is going to be the cardinals devil magic slash out of nowhere guy this year Uh, was that newt or donovan last year donovan for sure 
Newt we had actually seen the year before. We'd I, already we'd already seen Newt play. Brendan Donovan literally for me came out of nowhere. Like I didn't even know he existed. <laughs> sure. I always think of devil magic though from somebody else's vantage point because it's the devil magic. It's he like won a really gold glove, Anthony. How the hell is that not devil magic for a guy he wasn't even on the radar? I could hear a lot of people though from other other cities be like, who the hell is what, Brendan Donovan? What the hell is a newt bar? Well, yeah, that's true. Well, but no, that, just I don't because know. he has a catchy name doesn't make him devil magic, Anthony. I don't really know where you're headed with this. Guy had a great second half. I don't think people are saying yeah, that Donovan because had a great year. I know. I'm just saying. Like, newt was top five in the fan vote this year. Yeah, but that means a lot of people probably knew who he was. Okay, guys. He's got a Take sweet last name. Sorry for asking questions. It's the Jeez. way you ask them, Anthony. All right, so who's got the double ma- magic this year? Um, Lars Newper. Don't <laughs> 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 do that to Anthony. It makes him so mad. Look at you, son of a. That was good. <laughs> double magic this year. Let's see here. Uh, hmm. Hmm. I don't, hmm. I, I don't know if anybody qualifies. Moises Gomez. Okay. Would Juan Yepes? I was thinking about Yippee! that. Too. <laughs> That's would, who I was thinking, or at least qual- Janet was thinking. Would he qualify? Now he had a big home run in the postseason last Is year. Is he going to get the playing time to be Devil well, Magic? Well, maybe the Devil Magic already started, and it carries into this year. Is it Nolan Gorman? Maybe everybody's been raving about him. At least he was a prospect. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Juan Yepes. I'm I'm with you. I like that. I think he's the only one that kind of qualifies. I like. I don't know if the devil. I don't think you do the double magic with the pitching staff. Can you? I thought about that, but I don't who, even know who you'd go like with. Zach Thompson. Yeah, I don't uh, think. I mean, as a reliever, I, uh, I I'll go with the yippee. We're, yeah. So we're it's a team. We're it's a, a team t- choice. A team yippee. As they say, we're in lockstep. Yeah, we are. Anthony, mm-hmm. it's a big word. It certainly is. Yeah. I would say yippee or Jamie. I think you threw out another good one and. Moises Gomez. Yeah, and I just think, like, just random. Yeah, right? I'm trying sure. to think of somebody who's not really on the radar. Right. He, he should be. He had a fantastic season last mm-hmm. year. And then talking to certain people said that he's an absolute animal or he's a bust. Yeah. And it could be in the same game. And <laughs> honestly. He could uh, strike out three times and then hit a yeah. home run and win it. He's got a great ability to adjust at the plate, too. So who knows? Maybe he'll get a good spring training because of lack of players available. He gets a good look. Like, that's literally what Brendan Donovan did last year. He had a great spring training. They were like, well, you can't really mm. send him down. Well, what the hell? We'll take him to St. Louis. And that was it. You know? Mm-hmm. I, I hate to say that there could be an injury, but what if there's an injury? Uh, what if he steps in, Moises Gomez steps in and just crushes the baseball? And he just keeps crushing the baseball? I don't know interesting does alec burleson does yeah. he qualify I, I would say he, he would qualify he would yes. definitely be on that yeah burleson yeah yeah like jordan walker wouldn't qualify because no. he's such a big prospect no, but oh. alec burleson absolutely yeah who else is there anybody else no, even like that's... random is there anyone more random the 636 says yep has had too solid of a year last year to be the devil magic guy did he though i mean he had a Okay. He had, yeah, he had. I mean, he's injured for a lot of it too, though. Right. When he first came up, he had a really good stretch. I can't remember that was May, maybe. He had a really good stretch. He and had a then, really good series against Phil uh, against Philly in in Philly earlier in the year. Then he cooled off. Then he got hurt. Then he was really he spent a lot of time in Memphis before coming coming back up late, and then hit the big home run off the bench. 
against Philly in the in the wild card series. But I don't think I don't think he, he qualified. I don't. I just don't know. Again, I don't know who else would would qualify for this. Who was the second rounder? Six three six says he was a second rounder. Doesn't count. Probably Burleson or Yepes. No, well maybe Burleson. Was Yepes a second rounder? No, Burleson. Okay, yeah, he was a second rounder in twenty twenty. But it, okay, he's a second rounder. But is he being hyped like Jordan Walker? Is no, he being hyped? No, he was relatively unknown last year until he was just burying the baseball at the minor yeah. leagues. All right, well, listen, guys, I don't know what to tell you. Nobody counts then. Juan Yepes played too much last we year. We can't have nice and things. And Burley, exactly. Thank you, Marsh. Burleson's a second rounder, so, so nobody counts. Anthony, it's a discussion. What the hell's you, wrong with you? You ruined it, text line. You no, ruined you didn't. Don't listen to Anthony. Don't. Wow. Do not listen to Anthony right now. You guys don't ever ruin the show. What the hell's wrong with you? Show? I said the game. No, you you attacked our text line, and I won't I stand for it. I deserved it. I won't, I won't let it happen. They not on my listen. watch, cowboy. Hey, you know Go what? Go chase yourself. You know what, Jamie? Sometime... Sometimes people gotta gotta hear it, all right? You can go Why ahead. Why they they're participating with names and, and stuff? You can hell? go ahead and keep patting people on the butt, all right? I go for it, Jamie. Don't do that anymore, I find Anthony. it inappropriate, but sometimes people need to hear the truth. And Marsh is right. We can't have nice things sometimes. He's the second round. Okay. What do you want? Anthony, what your attitude do? absolutely sucks right now. I don't like you going Whoa. after our text line. The 314 says... The pause there. <laughs> it's a longer pause than I was expecting. <laughs> I don't like you. The 314 says Paul, Paul DeYoung. <laughs> <sighs> All right, text line, you're back. Yeah, here we go. Here's another one from the 618. Paul E.D. comeback season. Devil Magic player of 2023. All is, right. it, is it Devil Magic if Paul E.D. has a great year? Ah, here we go. Is it, though? <laughs> are the Jamie, two? I see what you're doing this week. <laughs> are the two similar? Because out of nowhere, guy. I see what you're doing. Out of nowhere, guy could be completely different than Devil Magic guy. Right? Define Devil Magic, Anthony. To me, Devil Magic would be, uh, you know, like Bo Hart, the guy that comes out of absolute nowhere, has a bunch of success that nobody sees coming, and to me, it is. It is Cubs fan and Reds fan and Pirates fan or Brewers and Pirates got two fans, but Brewers fan that says <laughs> very passionate two fans, very passionate that says, who the hell is this guy? Who, like I said before, who the what the hell is a newt bar? That is that is what I would say is devil magic. Where the bleep did this guy come from? OK, I just want to know your version. That'd be mine. That'd be my definition hmm. of the Cardinal devil magic. OK, I'll take it. It's Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. What you missed? Criticisms, compliments next. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. If you missed anything from today's show, make sure you download the podcast. Available after the show, 101ESPN.com is where you can find it, or you can download it on the 101ESPN mobile app, brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Talked a little blues hockey from last night. Didn't break down much of the game. Nothing to break down. Nope, that's for sure. Uh, also talked about There's whether or not... There's going on during the game. Very true. Uh, <laughs> very fair. We also talked about whether or not Ryan O'Reilly could come back. I said no. Jamie said maybe-ish, and then no. No. Uh, also, Ivan Barbashev 
landing spots. Cardinals getting a B for their offseason grade and whether or not that was deserved. A breakout candidate for the Cardinals this year. And uh, Jamie and I fought not once but twice on major sports topics like where the MLS will show its games. Yeah. Make sure you follow the podcast. It's a good talk. It was. Love you, man. I love you, too. Marsh, what do we got for criticisms and compliments? From the six, from the six one six, grow up. <clears throat> that could be applied. Well, to that, any, I mean, that that could be for any show. moment of this show. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. No. I. Yeah. Text of the day. F- yeah. I didn't feel like. Yeah. Saying, oh, this was about this part of the. No, was, I, sure. Yeah, text the whole of the show day. for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, from the four zero two, can you ladies stop bickering and talk about the city SC soccer match this weekend? Yep. Okay. One, that's offensive. That is offensive. Yeah, offensive. Good call. Two, uh, we plan on covering all that in the next couple of days. Mm-hmm. Don't want to peak too soon. Yeah. But we are. We're really going to talk about it. Got a lot of, uh, I got some scoop. You got some scoop? Yeah. All right. Looking forward to that. Uh-huh. From the 618, Marsh should get paid extra to be a mediator. Marsh is like the therapist for these two. I don't understand why people say that, Anthony. Mm. I mean, I, I agree. I, I mean, I, I would guess, love to get paid more. If, but Marsh, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you're underpaid, Marsh. Let me get you that raise, <laughs> Tommy. He needs more money. I said no. Jamie, you quit earlier today. I did yeah, twice. twice. I'm twice. back as Marshy's agent. <laughs> I mean, Mar- but Marsh, what advice has he given us? I mean, we're fighting. Marsh is just sitting there. Hey, he doesn't do anything except laugh. Yeah, he's taking notes over there. Yeah. it's not like he's he's saying, "Hey, listen, guys." Well, uh, a therapist, I, I don't believe, is supposed to give you. I'm supposed to give you tools to cope yeah, with exactly. situations wow. and help you with strategies. They're not supposed well, to give you the answer. Trust though. me, I've well, been through enough therapy. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, give you the answer. They give you the, you know. Of course, they, they give, give you the answer. They give you the answers the, to the test. The strategies involved to help yourself. Those are the answers. Yes. Do I they mean, give you the answers to the test, or they give you like a you know like a well, little note card uh, with with, with uh, you know Marsh to help now, you? Now Marsh. you're starting this. You're the therapist, and you're starting the crap with us now. Marsh, you're giving us I'm being ganged up on right now. At the very least, a flashlight, man. You're not even giving us a flashlight. Jamie and I are just in the dark, just bouncing off walls, Anthony and you're just and I are in the dark hole again together. Again with Rogers. Why would I give you a flashlight Christian when you need the dark hole? To get out of your dark spot that you're in, you know? Why does he think you're in I a dark spot, Anthony? I don't know. Why do you look at you? I mean, obvious reasons, but still. Nice shirt today, Jamie. I like your shirt, too. <laughs> <laughs> Literally wore the same exact T-shirt to work today. <laughs> the best part. The best part is when, <laughs> when I sat down in the chair... Jamie, you started saying something to me. We both spun in our chair to look like, hey, like the Spider-Man meme. Yeah. Hey. I was like, I hate your T-shirt. <laughs> and then I'm, the like, exact same I'm like, did you get a haircut today? Yes. Me too. Oh, boy. Anyways, while you two are busy frolicking over there. Now we're frolicking. Wow. Can't please Marshy at all. Not one bit. From the 636, right mm-hmm. Marsh, tell them they need to go in a dark hole together after today's events. We just talked about that. Yeah, you did. Yeah. I'm just saying this is what the, that's what the text line said. Okay. That's fine. Earlier, that was me saying that. Okay. This is the text line. All right. Today. Uh, from the 314, uh, I'm sorry, from the 618, you guys are slap happy like a bunch of children up at 3 a.m. Yeah. 
energetic like children too, passionate like children. Yes. The you the uh, uh, the youth of America, right here in this studio. I don't know. The youth of America. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. We are. We are. We are. The youth of the nation. I am what I am. What movie? Popeye. <laughs> it's Popeye. No, it's not. I yes. am what I am. He, I he am says what I, I am. am what I am. No, he Before he eats that spinach. No, he doesn't. <laughs> Probably PEDs in it. I mean, it has to be right. Those I mean, spinach like never. That, nobody ever really talks about Popeye's <laughs> forearms. Yeah. Pretty damn big. How do you get his forearms so big like that? And nothing worked else. Out with it, Pete was, it wasn't. It wasn't just spinach. And nothing else though. Yeah. No, no shoulder definition. No. No, no quads. Guy never. No never, biceps. Did he ever do legs? I don't. I think he skipped leg. Day. Nah, he didn't do legs. It's just the <laughs> yeah. forearms. No chest. Nope. Just massive forearms. Yeah. <laughs> massive forearms. Massive. Forearms. Take he eats the spinach, massive yeah. forearms, and then he all of a sudden he turns into Mike Tyson. Yeah. I don't get it. No protein mixed in Actually, that. Actually, that is from Popeye. That's what I thought. Yeah, but um, I am what I am. There's what another movie too. I'm trying to find it right now. Yeah, well, Popeye a was huff. a cartoon and a and a movie. Uh, no, nah, it was another one too. It's yeah. like a very uh, well known mm. movie, like. Well, Eminem, Eminem also had the song, mm. The Way I Am. Yeah, that's not it. We'll let you figure it out tomorrow. I am what I am. Jamie will look that up. For Andrew Marsh, Jamie Rivers, I'm Anthony Stalter. We will see you. You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.